The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Welcome aboard Thursday's edition of the National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. Yes, Kyle, <laughs> you start my day off on a great note every single time. Thank you. You 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 must be related to Xander. <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Kyle, you're my kind of viewer, man. You are totally my kind of sports talk radio fan. He's kind of, That's exactly the kind of guy I like right there, man. Thank you guys again for coming aboard. Please hit the like button. Hey, before we get going here, I'd like to send all my prayers and everybody being safe out there for Hurricane Ian. I mean... The devastation down in South Florida is absolutely incredible, especially on the West Coast side near Fort Myers. 2.7 million people are without electricity. And the devastation that happens in the state of Florida because of those hurricanes, sinkholes pop up and, you know, people lose homes and all kinds of businesses get destroyed because you can no longer go back into those buildings. Um, the flooding, see, Florida's not built for flooding. You know, I was listening to Sports Take and I heard, I heard D Gunn say, how can they not be prepared? You got to remember something about the state of Florida. The infrastructure in the state of Florida, there's not a lot of highways there. This thing was set up years and years and years ago, back in the 50s, as a retirement state. And there was there wasn't really a lot of highways. You got 95 that rolls all the way down to South Florida. You got the I-4 corridor, you got Alligator Alley. You don't really have a lot of major highways in the state of Florida. You got 10 that goes across the top, 95 that goes on the eastern seaboard, and you got Alligator Alley on the left side going up towards Sarasota. You don't have a lot of highway systems, so it's hard to get to certain people in the state. They've done as much as they possibly can when it comes to infrastructure there, but the highway system in the state of Florida, when hurricanes come like this, it's hard to get to folks. Duval County, um, you're talking uh, Pasco County, you're talking Hillsborough, down in Sarasota. Those places are tough to get to. So we send a lot of love to you guys out there. And really, getting through the hurricane is one of the aspects of it. Dealing with the flooding after is incredible. From what I'm understanding, too, the Buccaneers are down in South Florida in Miami practicing. I think the Jags are just in Fort Lauderdale as well. I think they're practicing down there. Then they're going to head up to Philadelphia. And I think there's going to be awful weather on Sunday. I think it's going to hit the Philly area. If I'm not mistaken, the storm on Saturday, Saturday night. So by the time the game comes on Sunday, that's going to be a lot of weather, a lot of rain on Sunday for that Jacksonville Jaguar Eagle game. So 
That's going to be something to contend with. Who does that probably favor? Both teams have a good running attack. Both teams have a good running attack, okay? Obviously, the Eagles are better when it comes to who has the better one. If you're looking at going who's better running the ball, it's, in my opinion, it is the Eagles. So um, this is going to be a very interesting ball game. Plus, Doug comes home, too. This whole thing, this whole weekend, I cannot wait to see how this plays out. Don't go to sleep on Jacksonville. One thing also, um, this will be the best team that they play. It will be the best team that they play. Bottom of the hour, J.P. Sadrick is going to join us, and we're going to talk to him. He's part of the broadcast team for the Jags, and we'll talk to him and get his thoughts on what he sees with the development of Doug Peterson's Jacksonville Jaguar team as they come to Lincoln Financial on Sunday. We look forward to talking with him and getting his thoughts on the football team. So please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much. Um, It's going to be interesting. Tampa water is gone. I mean, hey, I posted a picture of my former uh, condo where I lived. All that water, that's Tampa Bay. That's where Brady threw. That's where they hold Gasparilla. If you go to my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show, that's Tampa Bay. And I lived in the second building on the right in the picture that I posted. That thing's usually all the way up to the top of the road. All that water got pushed out because of the hurricane. They hold Gasparilla there. That's where Brady threw the Lombardi Trophy from one boat to another in that bay right there. There's no water in it. There's no water in that thing. It's incredible. Okay. All right. Let's go over to some sports here. Um, congratulations, Jalen, on being named the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Congratulations. Kudos. Okay. Kudos to you. You've gotten out to a nice start. Absolutely. Jalen's done all the things that it takes to prove naysayers wrong like me. First three games, he's done everything. And by the way, I say that with context. The three games, don't take it as a negative when I say that. Take That's all the games that have been played so far. Tonight, we got Cincinnati and Miami. But take it for what it is. He's done everything possible in these first three games of the season where he has played and done every single thing that he needs to do to win. Okay? And he has. And he's done it in three different styles. Detroit was a completely different game. Minnesota was a different game. This past Sunday was a different game against Washington. He deserves all the accolades that are headed his way. And good for him. Okay? Once again, I always want to put this under there. I'm just not sold on that style. As much as I love Lamar, as much as we all love Vic, is Jalen going to change that? We'll see. That's like telling me that a great quarterback one day is going to come out of Ohio State. Well, I haven't seen it yet. You guys are telling me C.J. Stroud's the next guy? People told me Dwayne Haskins was. People told me Troy Smith was going to be. People told me all these guys, like like Justin Fields, were going to be. All the guys that have come out. Terrell Pryor. 
all, all of them that have come out of Ohio State have been dog shit. But C.J. Stroud's going to change my opinion, right? Sitting here on September 29th, completely doubt it. Hurts' dual threat? That's what they were saying about Vic. How about this? You think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Michael Vick? Dev, what's up, man? Appreciate you stepping in. Do you? You think that Jalen's better than Vick? Hurts' is dual threat. Carson Wentz says no. Paul, different. Malik says, so you think... You think that Jalen's better than Michael Vick? Big Sills, how are you? Appreciate it, man. Right now, no, says Jalen. Vick had a stronger arm. Yeah, but wait a minute. Vick didn't win anything. Vick's ceiling wasn't high when it came to winning NFL championship games. There was never a – I think the most he ever did was – correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I think he got to an NFC championship game. That's pretty good. Okay, that's pretty good. Warren Moon never made it to a championship game. And Warren Moon is considered one of the greatest arms of all time. Dan Fouts never made it to a Super Bowl. Hell, Phillip Rivers never made it to a Super Bowl. There's a lot of great quarterbacks that haven't made it, so I'm, 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 I'm not indicting. I'm asking. Hertz didn't win anything. Not yet. It's early in his career. Let's be a little fair there. Yes, better than Vic. Hertz studies the game. That's true. I think he's more of a student of the game than what Michael Vick ever was, especially early on. Vic told everyone. He didn't really understand the quarterback position until Andy Reid got a hold of him. Is that fair? McNabb wasn't a pocket passer at Syracuse. Well, when he put 66 up JM on Miami, when he was at Syracuse, he sure looked like a pocket passer to me. Kenneth, Seals, do you? I never said CeeDee Lamb was the best receiver in the division. I said the guy in Washington is. I said he's the best in the division. Now, um, the best receiver in the division is A.J. Brown. Hurts is a quarterback in a halfback body. Nothing wrong with that. Vic never studied. Hurts is on pace for 5,000. Dev. He's also on pace for 26 touchdowns. That's not really high when you're talking about you needing him to play MVP ball. He needs to be up in the 30s. If you want to make it to the NFC Championship game, he's got to be in the 30s. Okay? So don't look at those trends. And 5,000 yards, he's not throwing for 4,500. I know everybody thinks he is. We'll see. Let's let's wait and see how these next games, and especially in a, in a game, like, like a game like this, Coming up on Sunday, if there is the bad weather that's going to be reported, that's going to hit Lincoln Financial, I don't want him throwing the ball 38 times. I want him doing the things that he's done in the first three weeks. Pick out a way to win against Jacksonville and go with it. 
Hertz's work ethic has gotten him to the point. Vic hasn't driven and wasn't driven like Hertz. Kyle, that's a, that's a pretty good statement. If Michael Vick had the work ethic that Jalen Hurts had, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Michael Vick is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He will not get into the Hall of Fame. Just so you know, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Vick doesn't have the numbers. Or, quite frankly, the wins. There's nothing significant about Michael Vick. And the reason I'm doing this, Vick is a pretty high-ceiling quarterback. Hey, and by the way, so you guys know, I I completely loved watching him. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch play the game. I loved watching him play. Okay, I loved watching Michael Vick. He was must-see television. But it didn't really have a high ceiling in winning. And when we're talking about the first three wins here, he is different than Vick, though. Michael Vick ran a lot more and was a great open space. Seals, you see Michael Irvin interview on Jalen Hurts on Rich Eisen. I don't really watch Rich Eisen. He doesn't really do that hot a show. He's got really good guests, but his takes suck. Okay, he, he the best thing about the Rich Eisen show are his guests. Not a very good interviewer. Um, Vick was iconic, Isaiah. Yeah, but he didn't win. I thought you had to win championship games, Isaiah, to be iconic. He was exciting to watch. He surely was. So, again, Michael Irvin, uh, hey, hey, Paul, I'm sure he was. He came on our show, and he said that the Eagles are in the thrust of building a potential dynasty here. Okay? So, you know, and look, look, I love Matt. Matt's one of my favorite people, too. Rich's takes are better than yours, but you're here. Okay. Let's do this. This is going to be a pretty interesting weekend when it comes to Doug Peterson. And Doug comes home. Okay? And Doug comes home. Look at the job that Doug Peterson is doing with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence doesn't look like the same quarterback, does he? Doug is just working his magic with this player. He's, he's, he is just, Trevor Lawrence is really getting better and better and better and better and better every week that I watch him. Would he have had that same impact on Jalen? May I make a statement about Doug Peterson? I got to think that one of the reasons that Doug Peterson didn't stay in Jackson, or excuse me, in Philadelphia and chose to go to Jacksonville, he didn't want to coach Jalen Hurts. He didn't want to coach that style. That was the quarterback that Howie had in the house then. Because you guys remember the conversation. They were trying to do everything in their power to move Wentz. Doug probably asked him, who are you replacing him with? We got the guy. We got the guy. Okay? Sanders says, pretty sure you're dead wrong. He wanted Hurts over Wentz. Hmm. Saw a comment that Doug made yesterday that said this. He's going to prove all the naysayers wrong. Looks like he's starting that. 
We'll never know in that building. You could say that all you want. What was the starting of that quarterback and benching? Doug Peterson's last ball game was a train wreck in Philly. Okay? He, it was a train wreck. Nate Sudfeld? Boy, that sounds like you really loved him. Well, we just wanted to see what we had. Oh, really? Why? Why wouldn't you start getting as many reps as you possibly can for your favorite quarterback, Jalen Hurts? Something happened at the end there where you decided to sit Jalen Hurts and put a stiff in at quarterback. Why was that? Were you sabotaging the team, the general manager or the coach? Or what was the whole dynamic there with that? Look at Doug Peterson's last game, not the Super Bowl game, because that tells you more about the relationship with the front office. Okay? I'm going to take Xander's word saying he wanted to coach. Something went on. Doug's last game really showed a lot in the discord between the front office and the head coach. You sat Jalen Hurts? Why? Why'd you sit Jalen Hurts? No, 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 no. Xander, I, I, I'm i going to take, hey. So if you love somebody so much and you're both on the same page for Hurts and you want him to be the future and you're getting ready to push Carson Wentz out, what was Nate Sutfeld doing in a game? Then they moved him in the offseason. You telling me that's not fishy? There's, hey, the things you tell the public and the things you are doing behind the scenes, front office wise, are sometimes polar opposites. Why did Nate Sudfeld start the last game? Or no, he didn't. He didn't start, right? Or did he? Who who started Doug Peterson's final game? In Philadelphia. Did he come in in the second half? I forget how that dynamic worked. I remember I went, got some food, came back, and there was a stiff playing quarterback. Okay? He was told to tank. Hurt started. Okay, thanks, Paul. Then they brought him in. How about this? Can we agree on this? How he made Doug lose that game for the Smith pick. Get, you didn't know Smith was going to be there. That's Steve-O. When you're not the first pick in the draft, you don't know who's going to be there. Jalen Waddell could have been there. You have no idea unless you have the number one overall pick who's going to be sitting in that spot. You have no idea what the team in front of you does when it comes to draft. You have no clue. That is not true. Okay? How many times do you see draft boards get turned upside? The Cowboys fell into Micah Parsons because they wanted the DB from Bama, Sertain, who ended up going to the Broncos, so they settled for Micah Parsons. Okay? They settled for him. They didn't realize what they drafted. Jay goes, this is what I'm... Jay, I'm not assuming it. I'm asking it. Don't you think that final game 
and Philly is fishy. Why didn't they play him? Tanking him for Smith? That's not, that's not reasonable. Let's say this, though. Could Doug have done the same job that Sirianni's doing right now with him and Shane Steichen? Do you think he could be doing the same job or better? Look at Trevor Lawrence, the way he's playing. Look how good Trevor Lawrence looks. Trevor Lawrence looks sensational. Okay, he looks sensational. I didn't think he really looked all that hot against Washington. Okay, but against the Colts and this last week against the Chargers, I thought he looked great. S. Blunt says yes. Park says hell no. It was absolutely someone wanted someone else to look bad. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna land on the side of what a word that uh, Xander used. How about this? Doug probably wanted Jalen, but it's fishy. Is that fair? It's fishy on how the whole thing unraveled. If you love your quarterback so much, why didn't you just play Jalen in the final game? and have that part of the process and continue his growth on getting as many game reps as possible. Maybe you didn't want to get him hurt. Hey, Drew Brees got hurt in the final game before when he was with the Chargers. Almost destroyed his career. That could be part. I'm just asking, Doug's exit was fishy. Jalen Hurts' last game with Doug was fishy. You feel me? That's all I'm saying. And how I wanted to transition into this, what would have happened? Jalen Hurts has just named the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Quite an accomplishment for a guy that's doing auditions every week. Could Dunk have Jalen where he is right now? Do you think he would have evolved him into being what you're seeing right now? Or would there have been too much meddling? Because you got to figure this, how he's involved in his development. You know why? Because Sirianni can deal and manage Howie Roseman better than Doug. Doug's biggest problem in Philadelphia was what? He didn't know how to manage the general manager's ego. There is no question that Frank Reich told Nick you want to get along in that organization and you want to go places in that organization and you want them to be totally behind you, you have got to let the general manager be part of all major decisions that go on with player development, game planning, everything. I'm not saying that Howie puts a game plan down and goes, hey, let's run this. But Howie wants to be in the room. Is that at least give me that? Okay, he wants to be involved. So I'm going to make this statement to you. I don't think Doug could have done a better job than what Nick and Shane Steichen are doing. I don't. I think Doug could have if he was left alone. Doug's being left alone. You think Trent Balky's involved in the development of Trevor Lawrence right now? You don't really think that, do you? That's Doug Peterson and his coaching staff. It's Gibbon, all them dudes. Mike McCoy and them guys. That was part, 
part of the plan, I would imagine, on how he got that job. We're going to talk to J.P. Shadrick at the bottom of the hour, and I'm going to ask him how he ended up with Shade Khan coming to an agreement to take that job. Look, I'm going to say it again. I don't think Doug could have developed Jalen the way he wanted to. I think this is a collaboration. Would you guys give me this? This is a collaboration between Shane Steichen, Nick Sirianni, and Howie in the room. Will you give me that? And so with that dynamic being said, that room is developing Jalen to be who he is. Because let me, let, me, let me go here with you. The least amount of resistance is the best formula for success. Doug would have had some resistance on the way he wanted to develop Jalen Hurts. Why? He played the quarterback position. He's a professional NFL player. Hell, Doug Peterson was an Eagle quarterback. Doug would have looked at it one way and said, no, he has to come this way. And he has to go up the mountain this particular way with this particular axe. And then you would add Howie saying, no, but we want this. Okay, is that fair? So at the end of the day, guess what? Jalen Hurts got the better coach. Even though Doug is a more seasoned coach and a guy that I'd love to play for. I'm not saying I wouldn't like to play for Nick Sirianni. I'm just saying that Nick has handled himself as a head coach in Philadelphia and most importantly at the NovaCare Center. He's made the right moves. He's involved Howie, right? Defensively and offensively. He's completely brought him into the process. And you know what he did it with? He, he did it with rose petals. If I could give you guys one comment that Jimmy Johnson said to me years ago, I said, coach, what was your biggest mistake in Dallas? You know what he said? Not letting Jerry play with his toy enough. And I go, what'd you mean? He goes, you know, him on the sidelines. I shouldn't have threw him off. Him wanting to be in draft rooms. I shouldn't have given him more shit on that. Him wanting to be part of a process of putting a game plan together. I should have let him sit in. It's his team. He writes the checks. So, I mean, Jimmy even said it. If I had to do that all over again, I would have let Jerry be not involved, but part of the process. Is that fair? So at the end of the day, as great as this story is with Nick coming into town, the best coach for Jalen Hurts is on the Eagle sideline. Sirianni's a better coach for Jalen Hurts than what Doug Peterson would have been. Do you agree? Hey, Nick, guess what? Novacare is a bum facility. You'd be shocked how many facilities around the NFL don't come close to those college facilities. When I played college football and I went to the pros, I was stunned. The, the, the old Eagle facility under the vet was awful. It was, it was a shithole, man. The deal. You buy it, huh? I started thinking, who would be the better coach for Jalen Hurts today? Doug has done. Hey, right now, get this. Guess, guess who um, 
the sports bettors have as the top candidates for coach of the year. Nick Sirianni and Doug Peterson. They have those two guys as potential winners of the coach of the year award in the job that they have done. Look at, look at what they've done with Trevor. Guy looks completely different than yet last year. Look what the coach. And by the way, I don't want, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take anything away from what Jalen hurts has done with his hard work. I'm not saying it's the coaching, the game plan. That's something to do with it. It surely is. I get it. And Jalen's hard work has been 10 times more effective in the hard work that he's put in to getting him that award where he's now the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, or excuse me, the month. All that hard work, he did it. He did it himself. Okay? And by the way, I'm the one that reported to you that he was working with Tom House. How many people in Philadelphia said I was full of shit? Now it's coming out he was. He wasn't working out with Tom Brady. He was working out with Tom House, Brady's quarterback coach. I told you that he was in Southern California. Remember that, Xander? I, I, was, I, I told you he was working out with him in the winter. That he was working out with Tom House. How long will it be before Nick tries tires of Howie? Debbie, great comment. Look at Debbie's comment. How long before Nick Sirianni tires of Howie? Deb, here's the key. Brady and Belichick never tired of one another. They never hung out. They never went to parties. They never were in places. I never saw Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the same room unless it was a visit at the White House or it was the parade. I never saw those guys together. Those guys had spent so much time together and Brady was so willing to work with the best defensive-minded coach of all time. That's why that thing worked. Because Brady knew how to manage Belichick. Brady's the only guy in NFL history that has managed Bill Belichick outside of Bill Parcells. I think those are the only two people he respects. Maybe Lawrence Taylor, maybe. But he even got tired of Lawrence Taylor. He would go to Parcells. How many times Parcells set his ass right? Lawrence Taylor showed up late once to a team meeting and he addressed it with Parcells. And Parcells goes like this to Belichick. Did you start the meeting? He goes, yeah, I started it. He goes, why? Hold up the meeting for Lawrence Taylor? He goes, yeah. Then you deal with him privately. Don't do that. Don't sacrifice the rest of your team because one guy makes a mistake. That's poor coaching. That's how Belichick became a guy who dealt with players better. Why'd you start the meeting? Well, he was late. So? You kick a guy out whose name is Tom Taylor, not Lawrence Taylor. That's how you coach. Nick's doing a good job doing this. 
he's handling Howie Roseman. He, he really is. He's allowing Howie. And again, to circle back, the right coaches with Jalen Hurts. They're growing together. Shane Steichen, who took over after the 2-5 and five start, these guys have built a relationship up. Steichen's putting a customized system together for Jalen and putting some guardrails on it, and it's showing. What this coaching staff is doing that I don't think Doug Peterson can do is this. I, I, I don't think they would have customized a game plan. I think Doug would have wanted to do it his way. Now, look, look at what Doug did with Foles. Look at what Doug did with Carson Wentz. Look at all that stuff. He had, when Carson, hey, when Doug lost his security blanket and Frank Reich, everything went to shit. Because Frank knew how to handle Howie. Remember, the buffer in between Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and the owner was Frank Reich. Am I wrong when I say this to you guys? When Frank left the building, wasn't that the beginning of the unraveling of the relationship between Howie and Doug? Would that be fair to say? When Frank Reich left the building, wasn't there a different attitude, a different relationship, a different dichotomy between the owner, the GM, and the head coach, and the starting quarterback? All of that played into it. You see, the Eagles, I'm, I'm starting to figure out one thing about the Eagles, man. You know what that is? They want to be involved in every. They want to be involved in everything. And the owner wants to have his pulse on everything. Because that's what executives and billionaires do. They've got their pulse on everything. They want to know. They want to know. And you have to manage that. And if you're going I think that's why you don't see these old school coaches in there any longer. Like the Dick Styles and the John Gruden Styles. I think all that shit's out the window. I think that stuff is all out the window. J.P. Shadrick is going to join us soon. Hopefully we're able to catch him. He's dealing with the hurricane. He's in the car. So he's driving away from the storm right now. So we'll give him a lot of latitude. When he shows up, we'll go to him. So just want you guys just to be patient with him a little bit here. Tony Baselli couldn't do it because he's getting his family out. The hurricane's going up the coast now. It's going a little bit out over the water now outside of Jacksonville. So um, just, just to give you an update on that. Paul says, Frank got credit for Doug's coaching. Frank Reich is not a better coach than Doug. I didn't say that. Frank's not having bad success in Indy. Frank's doing a pretty damn good job over there. Remember, he took over a football team that had just lost Andrew Luck. And they've won ball games. Frank's not a bad coach. Over 500 as a coach in the NFL. They just beat the Chiefs. It's not a bad football team. The decision that they made on Carson Wentz, hey, man, interesting. Interesting, to say the least. So I can't wait to see what happens. 
here on Sunday when Doug Peterson rolls into that building at Lincoln Financial, and he's got a hell of a football team that he has built. I said this before, there's finally an adult in the building with Doug Peterson and not Urban Meyer, and it is showing. And before we bring this man on, he knows, or I'm hoping he knows that, you know, I have a lot of love for the state of Florida. It's my second home. Played my ball at the University of Miami, my pro ball too in the state. And those folks are dealing with a lot right now. And remember something, the flooding after the hurricane, once you survive that, this is where people start to lose their lives. They go in to water areas and they don't know power lines are down. They get electrocuted, generators and all of that such. It's such a dangerous time right now. And J.P. Shadrick joins us now, part of the broadcast team. How you holding up, man? I'm doing well, uh, Dan. It's nice to, to be on with you. I'm actually in Atlanta. I got out early because my Friday flight was canceled Wednesday because I'm coming up to call the LSU-Auburn game on radio, and we stay in Atlanta, so I couldn't get a flight. All the Jaguars media stuff is done early, so I hightailed it out of town today, and I just arrived in Atlanta, so... Uh, that's the way of the world. But, um, you know, last couple of days have been okay in Jacksonville. And I think the big stuff really stayed south of town. So that's the good news for Jacksonville. Like you said, the flooding and the, the high tide is, you know, it was a little earlier today around lunchtime. And I think that was a real test of, you know, if, if the surge was really going to do anything in Jacksonville today. Um, give me an update on on the team. Are they um, in South? I know the Bucks went down to Miami to uh, work out, um, what have the Jags decided to do? Or did they stay in Jacksonville or did they leave? Yeah, they stayed. And in fact, Wednesday it was starting to rain. And the first bands were coming through, and Doug Peterson said, "We're practicing outside, boys. Get ready." Uh, so uh, wet ball drill at all. It was raining, and you know, it might rain in Philadelphia. So I think that was part of the reason why they adjusted a little bit today. Moved a lot of their meetings earlier. And I think they're doing, once it clears out, maybe a little later today, some on, or uh, excuse me, inside uh, the facility, they'll do some indoors work today. And I think they're back on the field tomorrow and they're traveling like normal on Saturday. So uh, Peterson wanted to keep it as normal as he could because he knew if he starts changing it up and moves the team away and does, well, the families are still back here and the players would start thinking about that. So he did the best he could to just keep it as normal as possible. Unfortunately, the forecast let him do that. If it was going to be bad enough, they would have made that decision and, and made some different plans. JP, we had on Jeff Logman uh, yesterday, I believe, and we were talking to him about the impact that Doug Peterson has had on that team. And I would think even more so the organization. Give me your sense of what you think his biggest impact has been so far since he's been the head coach of Jacksonville. Well, I think uh, in your intro, you might have said it. There is an adult in the room, right? But an adult who's been in the NFL since 1991. That's when he came in as a rookie. So he knows how to play in the league. He knows how to approach a player who's playing in the league. He knows how to coach in the league as an assistant. And he's been a head coach at the highest level and won a Lombardi trophy. And so he's worked at every level of the NFL and understands how the communication should feel between every level in the football side and then on the business side also. He understands how to relate to those who aren't involved in football every day. And for a town like Jacksonville and a, and a marketplace like this, that's a very important piece of this thing. Yes, you need to go win football games. That's number one priority. But how do you relate to the to folks selling tickets and people buying tickets and 
that's a big deal here. So he gets all that. And it's just really calm. He seems calm on the outside. I don't know if he's that calm when it's up here, but I think internally he's the, the the gears are always moving with him. But he comes off cool, collected, and I think that makes everybody around him calm, cool, and collected too. So that's that's Doug Peterson, I think, in a nutshell so far. You know, JP, um, I, I I told you my my broadcasting career was mostly in the state of Florida and. I tell people this all the time in your neck of the woods, Jacksonville, if you put Gator tickets, Georgia tickets, uh, FSU tickets on the table and the Jag tickets, you're picking those college tickets. It's a college town and Jacksonville has struggled for years to put their footprint. I'm wondering for Doug Peterson, he comes from a, a program like Philly and Hey, they may like their Sixers. They may like their flyers there. There is nothing more important than their eagle conversation. That's a pro football city, and he—they're passionate about that. How has that been an impact for him to try to bring in Jacksonville fans? Because to me, that's the one thing JP that the Jags have struggled with is getting a footprint in that city. They had it a little bit for Burnell and Tom Coughlin, but they weren't able to sustain that. How is he handling that? Well, let's rewind a little bit. Like you said, with Coughlin Brunel, that was a brand new team. There was so much excitement about the expansion franchise, and it was kind of built in over-the-top fandom. They had the big stadium to go with it and packed it out all the time. It was the new hot thing in town. Oh, and yeah, they won football games right away, too. They were really good. They They got good 96 late. They kept winning, 97, 98, 99. They go to the AFC game again and lose. I mean, they were good right out of the gate. And then – it disappeared. It dissipated, excuse me. And then it actually almost disappeared. I mean, they were not playing well at all. They had all these coaching changes um, and people just kind of over the years lost that edge about them for the Jaguars. There's always still that passion, I think, in town from the first five, six, seven years. But when you're losing 10, 12 games a year, people just don't want to spend that kind of money to come out every week. And that makes sense. So it's been a tough product for a while. Um, but we saw that success again in 2017. The team got hot. They weren't great early, but they found a groove. They had a great defense. They had a running game. Um, and then they caught fire at the end of the season. And this city exploded. I mean, they, people were all about the Jags in 17. And then it showed in ticket sales in 2018. It was our best off season ever in the history of the franchise and ticket sales going into the next season. So they're so- hungry for it. It's there, man. Like, I, and I, I don't, I don't know if I agree anymore that it's a college town. Yes, okay. there are college fans in this town. I think there are Jaguar fans everywhere. You just have to have a product for them to get them out of the house to come see you, and they're working on that right now. Let's get into the team here. I'll tell you what. I watched Trevor Lawrence in the opening week against Washington. I thought he was okay. I watched him against the Colts, and I thought he was really good. And I watched you guys dismantle that Chargers team this past weekend. And before I get to the defensive side of the ball, that's my favorite side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence and the influence that Doug has on him. You're seeing him walk up the ladder, JP. You're seeing him every week getting better and showing some of that promise that he had when he came out of Clemson. Are you seeing it too? Well, there's some, there's some minor things with that, right? He hasn't really had to press to push the ball down the field. Like he doesn't have to force it at a 30 yard 
down the field window yet because that's not what the defenses are giving him. They're protecting all the deep stuff, at least the last two weeks. And to Doug Peterson and Press Taylor's credit, Press the offensive coordinator, they're not forcing it either. Let's drive 15 plays. We're a disciplined team. At least we think we are. Uh, I don't know if you can make a living, a full season going 15 play drives in the NFL. It's not really how it works. But if that's what they're giving you right now, let's go execute. Let's let this offensive line play. Let's get seven, eight yards at a time and just chunk down the field little by little. And I think that's what he's done. And, you know, going back to week one against Washington, Trevor missed some stuff in the red zone early, some overthrows. You know, he was behind ETN and dropped the ball. Should have been two early touchdowns. That would have been a little different in that game. And the next time he comes out, he's nearly perfect. Missed a couple minor things last week, but for the most part, guys are there and getting open for him. It's just a matter of, I think, just settling in a little more for Trevor. And you've seen that over the last two weeks. There was a play in the red zone last week. It was the Zay Jones touchdown. And play kind of broke down. And there's a little traffic around him. He kind of shuffles to the right. But he's not looking down at the traffic. I mean, he is focused to the end zone the whole time. He just has this sense of, of pocket and awareness and just zipped one between three defenders for a touchdown. You can't teach that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's hard to teach if you can at all. So he's got that. He's got the patience. Uh, and it's showing off now, which is a great thing. You know, when I watched the 22 film on the Jags, the one thing that just stands out to you, they're disciplined. On both sides of the ball, you see great coaching. You know, and I, I got a little insight for you, too. I know that when Doug was putting his coaching staff together, he was looking for a quarterback coach, and he talked to Frank Reich about it. And Frank had worked with Mike McCoy when they were in San Diego. And believe it or not, Nick Sirianni was the wide receiver coach in San Diego at the time. So there's kind of a coaching dynamic with the quarterback coach in Jacksonville and putting that coaching staff together, like you said, I mean, that had to be one of the most important things. Jimmy Johnson tells me that all the time, JP, you could be a great head football coach, but if you don't have a great staff around you and a pro staff around you, that to me, I think you see it when you watch them on film and how disciplined they are on both sides of the ball. Well, let's start on offense, right? I mean, Doug Peterson's dialing up the plays. So at the end of the day, it's it's his offense. He's the one calling it. But Press Taylor is the one really back in the in the blueprint room putting this thing together, if you will. Uh, and they all kind of work together on it. McCoy's in there. Jim Bob Cooter is the passing game coordinator. Don't underestimate his role. Oh, great coach. How all those other parts work in this offense. He's He's a big key in that. So they are building things all week long. Trevor is, actually told me this week we're going to have an interview on, on Jaguars pregame with, um, on this Sunday with Trevor Lawrence for the first time, which is interesting. But um, just he, he went through his entire week of prep in the film room, looking at the stuff on Monday. The, the coaching staff comes to them on Wednesday with a new plan. Thursday, they're whacking plays out of the, you know, the list that Trevor doesn't, is, may not be comfortable with, and they're ready to roll. And – yeah, it's all NFL offensive minds doing it. It's incredible. So uh, for Trevor, he trusts that, I think, now. It took a little while to trust a lot of things around him. It feels like, at least, that he trusts the people working with him on a day-to-day -day basis, finally. Absolutely. JP, um, the defense, boy, I'll tell you. That yeah. kid, Walker, Yeah. and the kid, the kid from Utah – 
Lloyd, I'm telling you, man, they are hitters. They beat that that Charger team up this past weekend. Boy, I'll tell you, that's one of the better looking, maybe back to Calais Campbell's days when we're talking about how good the defense is. Mm-hmm. But talk about that too. And the kid Walker, you know, maybe a couple more sacks you'd like to see him get, but he's an impact player. And the kid Lloyd, I think he's the AFC um, Defensive Player of the Month. What a tremendous sign by him and draft by him. Just give me your thoughts on their defense. Yeah, and I, I left out Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator, on that, the last question you asked about the coaching staff. It's his first time as a coordinator in yep. the NFL. Guy played linebacker in the league, was an assistant coach. The whole story was with that crew, has been with Peterson before in different realms. So that that makes a lot of sense there. And then you put the parts that he can play with in, in, in the equation, and it changes everything. The last two free agency runs, they've beefed up the defensive line. They got Roy Robertson-Harris from Chicago a couple of years ago and was okay last year. He's really playing big this year in the middle. Fully Fadokasi came in in free agency this year. A guy who built his own reputation, was a late-round pick for the Jets, and then over the last two or three years started making an impact in the middle, and he he's really good right now. So that helps those edge guys make plays, right? So Josh Allen is there, former first-round pick. It's his fourth year. Trayvon's flashing. He's just a big, strong – Man, he's a hitter. Fast guy. Man, he, dude, he hit that guy from the Chargers. I thought he killed him. It's unreal. And then Devin Lloyd rolls in there uh, right next to Foyer Aluokun, who's the, uh, the leading tackler in the league last year with Atlanta. But Lloyd is all over the field, too. And that was his MO at, at Utah. He was around the football. He had interceptions. He's blitzing. He's lining up different places. He's always around the ball. And that's huge. Remember uh, a few years ago, there was a guy named Telvin Smith that played yeah. for the Jaguars. It feels like that. Except Telvin was like 205 pounds soaking wet, right? Not Devin Lloyd. He can he can run after you, chase you down, and make you feel it too, and take the interception to the house if he can get that opportunity. So he is the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Month for September, which is a great honor, of course. And I think it's just the beginning. Secondary guys are playing okay. They they actually the Jaguars lead the league in passes defense this season. I think your corners are. I think your corners are really good. I, your safety yeah. position may be a little, may maybe a little upgrade in the offseason there, but they're playing good as a unit. I mean, the first three games. Yeah. I think you can't argue with that right now. I mean, Rayshon Jenkins, the safety, I think is playing pretty well early. He, he was a little bit last year was his first year with, with the Jaguars. He didn't play up to I think the standard everybody hoped. He's he's doing that so far, and then Cisco couldn't get on the field until the coaching change last year. And now he's the starter in, in 2022 at the other safety spot. So future's bright there, I think, with Cisco and Tyson Campbell's great. And they've just got to, you know, kind of keep working it, man, because they're making an impact right now on defense. <laughs> you allow 10 points in two weeks? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so here. Um, finally here, just you preparing for the Eagles and looking at what Jalen Hurts has done from – you know, his first year and with Doug, and now all of a sudden you see he was just named the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. I mean, just just what you're watching, just as a guy that's kind of on the outside and what you do when you prepare for your game stuff. I mean, j- just give me your sense of what you're seeing with the Eagle team and with Jalen Hurts. Well, I, I must admit, I am an Alabama alumnus. So I have followed Jalen Hurts for a long, long time and seen this act before. So I get it. Um, 
he can run, obviously. He he can pull it down and doesn't really it's not like a run first quarterback option. He can stand back there and sling it around. I think you're starting to see that a little bit, obviously. Um, and you won't find much of a better competitor or teammate to be around. So um, the Eagles, I think, are starting to see the full effects of what Jalen Hurts can be. And then you got the weapons out there to throw to. Then you got the running game to go with it. Veteran parts on the offensive line. Okay. Oh, tight end. Yeah, all that. No wonder they're putting up 400 yards a game right now. And they haven't even, you know, you talk to people around it, they haven't even played a full game yet. It's not like they're, you know, playing a full four quarters pedal to the metal for whatever reason. They just haven't put it together for four quarters. They're still winning games. So when they do that, hey, they're going to be right there in the hunt. And I, I don't, I don't see any reason why they aren't in the playoffs in the NFC. I mean, this is a this is a team right now that's playing at a very high level, maybe not their highest level yet. And it will be a great measuring stick game for the Jaguars. Let's put it that way. Because you went out to L.A. last week and beat the Chargers, the Jags did. But it was a beat-up team. Uh, a lot of guys were out. Bosa left the game. Uh, this is an almost a full-force Eagles team. If you can measure up and hang with this team and maybe just go win the thing, then the Jaguars might be for real. Absolutely. I, I, since you said Alabama, I got to leave you with this. <laughs> well, I ended up playing for Ray Perkins. Yeah. So just so you know, he took over for Barron. So I was getting recruited to go down to Alabama. And, you know, I'm a New England kid. I'm from Connecticut. And so I don't know. He shows up in my driveway and this black Lincoln, you know, came up, recruited me. Finally gets on the phone with me and he goes, hey, how'd you like to come to uh, Alabama? I go, Coach, I got to tell you, I don't think there's a lot of tying guys down in Tuscaloosa. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I like it. He goes like this. What are you talking about? We had Johnny Musso. And I went like this, Johnny Musso. <laughs> and you know what the coolest thing about Coach Bryant was? He sent me a, a, a handwritten letter, and I still have it. It says, you know what? Congratulations on your decision. Uh, good luck to you. I'll see you on Sundays. And so, you know, it was really – it was one, really one of my heartfelt things that when I was getting recruited by that place, by Coach Bryant, and then I ended up playing for Ray Perkins, and I realized maybe I didn't want to go to Alabama because I surely worked my ass off. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's a good story, man. That's a while ago, too. I didn't want to say it, Dad. That's been a minute. Oh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> hey, JP, be safe, man. I hope your family's safe and all your friends down in Jacksonville, and you know, that state's my second home, so, I mean, I really think a lot about you guys down there. And I'm, Tony Baselli couldn't do it, too. He was supposed to do it a couple days ago, but he's moving his family around and such. So thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Hey, no doubt, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Dan. Glad it could work out. And I'm looking forward to this game on Sunday. I, I think the Jaguars might be on the verge of something special, I hope. Good to talk Let's to you. Let's see, man. It should be a ball game, man. I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much, JP. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I think this game. I think this game is going to be um, something special there. So I'm glad to see that he got out of there right away. Um, Cilio, you thinking dynasty? Three games. Three games. Pump the brakes. Boy, I'll tell you one thing is evident. Doug walked into that building, man, and changed the whole freaking room. Holy cow. He changed the whole room. Doug P, man. Holy cow. And you fired him? 
You fired that guy? Hey, quite frankly, <laughs> hey, 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 who wins the Super Bowl first, Doug P or Nick? <laughs> Silly only pushes these crappy takes on us, not his guests. <laughs> JM. <laughs> Oh, man. Dynasty. No, you're not building a dynasty. Who wins the Super Bowl first? Dougie P? Wait a minute. Oh, could Doug win that division in his first year coaching the Jags? Dude, if he does that, so you man. Doug will have it hard. AFC, you're right. With all those great quarterbacks in the AFC, that's going to be a tough putt. Cilio, he wanted to leave. That's what I'm hearing too. Cilio, you said the Jags are good, so if the Eagles beat the beat them by double digits, I do not want to hear the Eagles had a soft schedule. Well, you have. <laughs> you do have a soft schedule. What are you talking about? The Commanders? And the upstart Lions that everybody in Philly's pumping up to be like winners of the NFC North, they're better, guys. Relax. They won a few ball games last year. That's a six, seven win team. If they improve the seven wins, that'll be incredible. Hulk Hogan Campbell will be in the consideration for a coach of the year if he does that. I actually like Dan Campbell. Jeremiah says AFC looks kind of overhyped. I think you mean the AFC West looks a little bit overhyped. AFC South is the AFC bums. <laughs> uh, Sirianni will win the Super Bowl before Doug. Really? If Doug goes to another place and wins the Super Bowl, something Andy Reid couldn't do? Man. So he wins the Super Bowl in Philly. Then he takes the team to a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. I don't know. <laughs> that's hall of fame if doug peterson has success in jacksonville he's going to the hall of fame tony dungy's got one super bowl win he's not like he's got multiple dick vermeil's got one super bowl win yeah doug peterson's got more in common with vermeil if he has success you know what? You don't think Doug's people can outcoach the Eagle people? East Cannon stopped what, man? Doug inherited a team with a decade of top 10 picks. Great take, JM. You're a tool bag, but that's a great take. See what JM just said? You're right. They needed good coaching in there, JM. You're right. Nick got a team that is supposedly rebuilding. You're dead on, man. How many years have the Jags been in the top five picks? You're right. That's how the Bills, hey, JM, that's how the Bills were made when Sean McDermott took over. It was a decade of shitty coaching. He goes in there and there's some pieces in there. All that team needed was direction. Maybe the Jags are in the same position. Because you're right. How many years can you keep having top picks? And still winning only four games. It's got to be the coaching. 
That's very true. Doug's put a hell of a coaching staff together, too. A lot of his Eagle guys are down now in Jacksonville. So, and, and you've got a good coaching staff. Okay. Yeah, we're going to break at the top here. Xander, I'll make one more up in um in, in the second hour here, okay? I'll make another I'll make I'll make it up in the second hour here. Hey guys, don't forget. Morgan and Morgan, where the fee is free. If you're hurt or injured on a job, one of the most important things that you could possibly do is get a law firm to protect you and your family. It is. Last 30 years, Morgan and Morgan has collected money for their clients to the tune of 13 and a half billion dollars. That's right. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, they're there for you. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sills sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
Power 2 National Football Show, Big Sales. Please hit the like button. By the way, one month of football, the first month of the National Football League, I'm going to go through every team, and I'm going to give you an assessment what I see after the first three games. I've got some grades here for them. Tell me if you agree. We'll do that. We'll also talk a little bit more about Doug's return to Philadelphia on Sunday, the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars, the next opponent, obviously for the Eagles. We'll get into that. Boatload of stuff to hit on. We'll get to your takes. I do want to say this. So some history was made last night by Aaron Judge. He ties Roger Maris's American League home run record for single season at 61. And Roger Maris Jr., I guess he's a physician, um, says that Bonds and Sosa and McGuire's records don't count. Like he's a doctor or something. What a dumbass comment. Are you under the impression that Bonds was the only guy during that era doing some supplements or doing performance-enhancing drugs? Eric Gagne, Roger Clemens, go down the list, Andy Pettit. Are you under some assumption that pitchers weren't doing it too to save their careers? Are you? Why does that only land on bonds? And by the way, if performance-enhancing drugs are so effective, why don't you give those to blind people to improve your eyesight? Are you trying to tell me when Bonds hit 376, that improved his eyesight? Give it to blind people. Now, I'll agree to this. 72 home runs, you probably take 15 off that with warning track shots. But that guy's eye, he had won three MVP awards in Pittsburgh before he even got to San Francisco. Bonds was a Hall of Fame player before that. Idiotic comment. Idiotic comment. (laughs) And by the way, you want to talk about suspicious Roger Maris hit 61 home runs in 1961. You know he never hit over 40 home runs any other time in his entire career. And I think he hit 30 twice. So, I don't know. Whatever you want to put on that, I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just saying really weird. Okay? I mean, come on now. Roger Maris' son is not a doctor. He doesn't know shit in what he's talking about. And the stuff that Bonds took from Balco, Victor Conte, I know Victor Conte. When I was in the Bay Area, Victor Conte was a performance-enhancing expert. He's a doctor. The cream? Really? What steroid is that? It makes Bonds' head group. Yeah, well, when you get older and fatter and bigger and more mature, every appendage gets bigger. How asinine. How asinine to go only after Bonds. Nobody really went after McGuire. McGuire's back in the game. He was a hitting instructor for the Padres and the Dodgers. Roger Clemens works in the Astros organization, but Bonds is a pariah? Come on, man. Now, Bonds was a jackass. I covered him. I actually like Barry. I got a signed pitcher from Bonds when I worked at KMBR. I'm a huge Barry Bonds. I never went to a game where I didn't say this, that Bonds is not the greatest player I've ever seen. Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player. Eight gold gloves. 
He's the only player in baseball history with 500 stolen bases and 500-plus home runs. The guy was a freak show. Not the greatest arm and left, but Bonds was a special player. I'll tell you this, too. I was fortunate enough to be in the Bay Area at the time when Ricky Henderson was in the other group with the A's. You'll never see 1,400 stolen bases ever stolen or ever matched again. Henderson was a freak show. 300 leadoff home runs, over 2,000 RBIs or uh, runs scored. You talk about the two best players, the most dynamic players I ever saw in one city. It was Ricky Henderson and Barry Bonds. You're not doctors. Sports writers all of a sudden became these so-called experts in PED use. And you have no idea what your PEDs, okay? Growth hormone is not a steroid. It's a hu- human growth hormone was given for dwarfism and for the elderly when they started getting atrophy. You know, all those wellness centers you see in Florida, they give them human growth. It was given for dwarfism and again, for elderly people. It's not a steroid. And I love how people just, oh, he's taking steroid. He's not a juicer. Now, did it help him? Absolutely. Those warning track shots. But Bonds' eye, best and best of all time. On base percentage, the walks. <laughs> Roger Maris's kid doesn't know shit. You should keep your face shut, guy. All right, let's move on here. Uh, help me out here, guys. Okay? Help me out here. If you think I'm wrong here, um... I'm going to come up with, I got some grades here. First month of the season. Let's start in the NFC East. And let's start with the Eagles. What grade would you give them so far in the first month of the year? What grade would you give your Eagles? I got a grade. What grade would you give the Philadelphia Eagles for their first month of football in the first month of September? A, A, A plus. F, really? <laughs> B plus. B plus. Okay? A plus, plus, plus. I gave the Eagles an A plus. I think they won these games in these three games three different ways. The quarterback is playing A plus. The coaching staff is playing A plus. Guys, That's a really great performance for the first month of the season. I give the Eagles A+. How about the Dallas Cowboys? What grade would you give the Dallas Cowboys? I think you may be shocked here. They lose Dak, and they're still sitting at 2-1. and Okay? What would you give the Cowboys? B? A? B minus, B plus. B, offensive line, A plus, Stacy says. I gave the Cowboys a B plus. Overcoming the injury of Dak and they're winning and they're looking not too bad. The Cowboys are going to be formidable in week six. Barring another catastrophic injury. And by the way, this just in. 
Dak Prescott was on the practice field today. That's going to be an interesting dynamic on what the Cowboys do and Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones do. If this kid wins this weekend against Washington and he runs that record to three and one, are you really going to take him out and put Dak Prescott back in? Now I get it. You can't lose your job to an injury. However, I think they're playing better football with Cooper Rush. I'm not saying they're better. Okay. How about the Giants at two and one? First month of the season, what do you give the New York Giants? What would you give them? I hate to say it, but their defense is fast. Yeah, they are, especially on the perimeter. I thought excited about uh, their tackles. I know, man. I'll talk about Coolio later. That's crazy, huh? C plus, C, C plus. That's kind of what I did, guys. Richie, Chad. You know, I mean, I, I gave him a C plus. Look, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give an F out to anybody here in the first month of the season. But Washington's so close to it, man. That's a D minus. I don't even need you guys to chime in on that one. Washington's a train wreck, man. And boy, I'll tell you, you're watching a guy just and Carson Wentz. I ne- you know, is am I right when I say this? As much as we saw Carson Wentz up here, have you ever seen a quarterback in NFL history nosedive? As much as Jalen is skyrocketing. Isn't it the polar opposite when you're talking about Carson Wentz's demise? I don't think I've ever seen a guy like every week get worse. I mean, he's just, he's just falling. I mean, it get this. He's not tumbling down the hill. Like he fell off a cliff. I don't think I've ever seen this. I don't really, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. NFC North, let's go over there. What grade would you give the Vikings? Okay. What grade would you give the Vikings? Two and one on the season. They escaped this last week. Okay. I mean, I I, I thought they got away with a win against Detroit. A B? B? B minus B? I gave them a B. I gave them a B. I gave the Vikings a B. I think they're right there in that conversation. How about the Packers? I gave the Packers a B. Detroit lost that game. Their head coach lost that game. If that's where you're going, you're right. Underperform. Hey, look at Blake. That's a great take right there. That's a great take. An underperforming B minus. I like that take. I didn't give him a B minus. I gave him a B, but you're right. Under, I think they're underperforming because of the wide receiver position. Okay. I think when you look at them, even when they beat the Bucks, I thought their wide receiver core was starting to come around a little more. So I saw a little bit of that, you know, it's getting better every week. I think they're going to be a pretty good football team, barring any injuries when they get to Lincoln Financial in week 12. I think they're going to be pretty good. I know, 205. You're right. They're going to get a B, but they feel like a C. I get it. You're right. They feel average. 
Like they don't feel like one of your better teams in the I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I do. Bears, you know, I came to a C plus with those guys. They're winning ball games. I, I, they're winning ball games because you know why? The kid Justin Fields is a is a competitor. He's a competitor. He's just not good enough. And he doesn't have good enough pieces around him. But he is a competitor. I'll tell you one thing about Justin Fields that I do like. He 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 wants to win. There's a, there's a winning dynamic about him. He's contagious. There's just not enough good plays, players around him. And there's no good coaching around him. Like, I wish Jalen Hurts could talk to him. And maybe I wish Justin Fields had the coaching staff in Philadelphia um, and go to Chicago and help him because he needs coaching. If you look at Justin Fields in Chicago, okay, don't you agree? He, he needs coaching. You Because we don't really know what he is. I just don't see the coaching. I think the Lions are a C plus. Okay? Last year, they were an F. I think they're a C plus. I think they're getting better. I think they got to get better in their coaching staff, too. Dan Campbell, man, can't be the issue on losing ball games. Dude, you better leave that up to your players or you're going to lose your locker room. You start doing stupid shit out there, costing your team games, not going for field goals and such, going in for it on fourth downs and uncool situations, you're going to lose your locker room faster than you want it. You know, all that all that Hulk Hogan talk, you you know, it's all good and all. You know, you know why Nick Sirianni gets away with the T-shirts and the Tiger Woods videos and all that other shit? You know why he gets away with it? He gets away with it because he's winning. You start wearing T-shirts and talking about planting flowers and all that other stuff and you're losing? I mean, shit, man. You come off like a clown. Jared Goff does look good under him, though. Dude, I'll tell you one thing. Jared Goff is turning his career around in Detroit. Who would have thought that Detroit may have a decision to make on getting a quarterback or not? He's playing some pretty good football. He's not terrible right now, is my point. He's just so tragically inconsistent. But he's been consistent in the first month of the season. NFC South. Boy, this is a horrible division. And watch this when I say this about the Bucs. An uninspired B+. When I think of the Bucs, like, watch this. When I talk about the Eagles... I gave them an A plus and went like this. Dude, they haven't even really played their best ball yet. I haven't seen a complete ball game by the Eagles yet. And the last two ball games have not been competitive. You know, so when I keep saying here going, eh, you know, the Eagles ain't playing, they're still kicking the shit out of them. And they got their foot on their throat. And I know you guys are talking about that second half. It may bite them down the road. We'll see. But right now, man. There's there, the last two games were never in question. You never thought any of those teams were coming back to beat them, right? Detroit really actually gave you your toughest challenge of the year so far. But when I look at the Bucks, outside of their defense, I'm doing this. That Buck offense ain't scaring me right now. I know there's a ton of injuries. I got it. I get all the ton of injuries there. But if I'm the Eagles. I, I wouldn't be as nervous rolling into that game this time. 
like I was in January. The Panthers, D-plus, it's a shit show under Matt Rule. I don't know how he's working. Shows you don't have to be a very good coach. Look at Dennis Allen, D-plus. They're playing over in London. He's the same guy that was with the Raiders. I don't see anything different. And Jameis went, hey, hey by the way, hope, to, hope the Saints lose. That could be a top five pick by the time they get back from London for the Eagles. You're in the seven hole right now with that pick. Seven hole. You're seventh. You could come back from London. That pick might be fifth. What a mistake. Mickey, Mickey Loomis, who needs a first-round pick quarterback so bad, traded that pick away. Man, Falcons, they're playing better. Okay? C minus. Okay? I, they're playing better. I like The only reason I gave him a C minus, too, is because I like Marcus Mariota. Right? I just, I, I just, I don't know, man. NFC West. How many people, look at the Rams. What would you guys give the Rams right now, first month of the season? How well do you think they're playing? A, B, C, or D? Okay? I don't believe they're a D. I clearly don't believe they're an F. And I don't really believe they're a C. Okay? So again, though, when I look at the Rams, I'm going to say this, an uninspired B minus. You know what I mean? Just, you hung on to beat Atlanta. You hung on to beat the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are decent. By the way, I want to make a comment about the Cardinals here in a second. I mean, Kyler Murray. Okay, and you know what? I'm even going to tweet it out too. 49ers can't get their shit together with that quarterback spot. I gave him a C plus. I think the Niners are kind of like they're teetering. Either the Niners are going to have a really good year and they're going to gather themselves or they're going to go in the tank. You know, you got, wouldn't you guys agree the 49ers have had self-inflicted wounds for the last two years in how they've handled Jimmy Garoppolo and how they've handled Trey Lance? They're, they didn't. They have not handled that well. And the rest of the team sees it. I just – a killer defense. You guys are right. I, I think they got a great defense. Seattle, D-plus, another one of those floundering programs. Let me say this to you about the Cardinals. You'll never win a Super Bowl with Kyler Murray. No way. One, I don't like the style. Secondly, I don't like the person and how he conducts himself as a starting quarterback. Personally, I have nothing against him. I don't know him personally. But between his – Immaturity and his style, there is no way on the planet that guy takes that Cardinal team to a Super Bowl. So here, in effect, is another quarterback that you gave $46.1 million to because he's fun to watch. And he draws tickets. And people go into the seats to buy his gear. They go and buy all the stuff that's Kyler Murray. But when it comes to winning games, you're talking about another Michael Vick 2.0. See, I don't think Jalen is Vick 2.0. I think he's closer to being what Russell Wilson was. I'm not saying he's got the talent of Russell Wilson yet, 
But I think he wants to evolve more into that than Vic. Because I believe he knows Vic's style doesn't win. Kyler Murray's more like, and I would say almost to a T, more like Michael Vick. And I don't see it. All right, I want to get to the AFC next. I want to do that. Please hit the like button. Um, we'll do the AFC. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on Kyler Murray, but that guy will never win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. I just don't see it. Keep it here. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Please hit the like button. Thank you very much. 
Devin Lloyd, AFC Defensive Player of the Month for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the kid I wanted over Jordan Davis. Um, he's a good football player, and he has impact. Now, would he play on this Eagle team if they had taken him? Yeah. He wouldn't have started, though, I don't think. Because that's not what Howie does. Because Howie gave all the money to Reddick, and Reddick would start, but Lloyd would come off the bench. Yeah, that's how it would work. And then there'd be a problem in the building. Okay, because you know how he likes to pay. He plays the guys he's paying. The owner's paying him, he's playing him. Lloyd wouldn't have played because of politics in Philly. Again, that's one of the issues you have in Philly that politics sometimes dictates playing time. We see it every year, and there's numerous examples of it. And you know I'm right with it. I mean, politics in Philadelphia and salaries dictate who plays and who doesn't in Philadelphia. Um, The Eagles needed interior linemen. Well... I don't know. The last two weeks, that doesn't seem to be. I don't think you need an interior lineman. I think you need edge rushers. And quite frankly, I still think you need edge rushers. I still think you need to have a premium pass rusher on your football team. Right now, Josh Sweat and Graham, they they had great games. Will they be able to put them consistently in the conversation of being one of the better pass rushing teams? Now, two years ago, they had a boatload of sacks, so I don't want to go nuts on what happened a year ago. But I still think you need an edge rusher, as far as I'm concerned. You need a dominant edge rusher. Hassan Reddick is not a dominant pass rusher. And he's not what you're seeing now with guys like Devin Lloyd and Michael Parsons and players like that, that rush the passer in a two and a three-point stance, and you can move them around in a 34, 43, or 50 front. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's not that guy. That's why he doesn't have a true position. And I keep telling you this. Hassan Reddick is a man without a position. That's the struggles of putting him in some type. And get this. If we're going to sit here, and I heard Barrett say this, and we're going to sit here and we're going to come up with ways on trying to figure out how to get him loose, he's not a true pass rusher then. Dude, true pass rushers, Reggie White, line him up over the nose, the guard, the end, on the moon, in the closet. He's getting to the pass rusher, or he's getting to the quarterback. I don't need to come up with gimmick defenses with true pass rushers. You wind those guys up. And they run into quarterbacks. When we have to come up with a gimmick of a defense for Hassan Reddick, he's not worth the investment. 
Okay? Hey, you could say whatever you want, auto services. You're damn right I'm a hater on that selection and free agency. You're damn right. I hate that sign. You're damn right. Sack and a half against the shittiest O-line in pro football. Dude, the other two games, he was invisible. And even when you watched him in the Washington game covering tight ends, it was abysmal. Okay? They net, Paul says they need to let Hassan freelance. That breaks down the structure of your defense when you're doing that. That means another guy's got to protect him. You're asking another player to protect him. Hassan Reddick is not Junior Seau. I'll do that for Junior Seau. I'm not doing that for Hassan Reddick. Junior Seau was special. This kid's not. He's not special. And you're the same person that said Hassan Reddick was going to have double-digit sack. Reddick gets a lot of pressure as a rusher. He He's very unimpressive. I don't know what you guys are looking at. He's unimpressive. That guy does not impress me. <laughs> really? He's impressed you? Dude, Josh Sweat's impressed me. Brandy Graham impressed me. Fletcher, who I said shouldn't be on the team, is impressing me. Hardgrave is impressing me. At times, Jordan's impressing me. Kaiser White is impressing me. TJ Edwards has been sensational. Slay impresses me. Bradbury's picked his game up. Epps is what me and Barrett both said. Give the kids a chance, man. This kid can play, and he's playing. Reddick? I don't see it. Okay? GT, you think you did good in the Commander's game? Okay. Where was he in the Vikings and Lions game? Zero. Ran around with his head chopped off out there at times. Dude, of all the investments that Howie made in the offseason, I don't know. CJ's playing decent ball. He's only been here about 20 days. He's playing good ball. Yale says all good, though. Long season. Okay, we'll see. Reddick is all right. Seals, you know you have a lot of games. That's right. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. You could tell Silio isn't watching the film. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Trust me, Hoss. Hey, Dominique, I get more inside game film than you'll ever get. I get my stuff from NFL films. Okay? Steve Sable, when he was alive, God rest his soul, was a dear friend, and I get the same stuff that everyone else gets, that they get to break down the film. Just the same thing as Baldy does. You're out of your tree. Okay? Yeah. Hey, I just don't see it. I can't tell. Whatever, dude. (laughs) Whatever. So you guys didn't like the kid from Utah. Well, you're going to get a chance to see him this weekend. He could play, man. He could play. 
Like I said, Hassan Reddick puts a good game against the Jags together. That'll be two in the last two weeks. Then we're starting to see maybe he's picked his game up again. And Gannon is going to figure out how to play him. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. And by the way, you see him when he stands out there? Looks like the kicker. <laughs> Guy's a swimp. I mean, honestly. I mean, he looks like he needs a Tokyo phone book to look you in the eye. Not a very big dude, man. <laughs> that guy's not a big dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't been slammed yet. I mean, we'll see. 6-1-233. That isn't isn't that your kicker size? Dude's a the dude's like a shrimp. Ugh. Yeah, I think Greg Cosell is his nephew, Howard Cosell's. I I think he's his nephew. I think there's a relationship there. All right. I gave you my thoughts on the NFC. Let's go over to the AFC. Um, There's a lot of good football teams that are underperforming right now, in my opinion, in the AFC. Let's start in the AFC East. What would you give the Dolphins? Dude, so they're playing Joe Burrow tonight. So he'll played in the last, am I right when I say this? He's going to have played Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and now Joe Burrow, Tua Tucker Viola. Holmes, if you're 4-0 against them guys, <laughs> hey, man. Dude, if they beat the Bengals tonight, and he am I right when I am I right when I'm saying that? He'll beat Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Burrow. Four of those guys. These are like the faces of the league. Okay? That's and if Tug of Viola beats that guy tonight who just went to the Super Bowl. The Dolphins, man, I'll tell you, if they go 4-0, man, you really do need – it's not just a – we've seen teams before – hey, what was the record of the Cardinals last year before they ended up getting beat? Then the year before that, it was the Steelers. Remember, the Steelers got out to a 10-0 or 11-0 start. Okay, last year, the Cardinals got out to a big start. Didn't they get out to 11-0, right? To a season as predicted, another Alabama honk. Got them all over the joint today. <laughs> all these Bama Hawks, Xander's like two a season. Okay. Yeah. Eight no, the cards did. They got out to uh start last year. I gotta give the Dolphins an A plus, man. They're killing it. <laughs> I mean, by the way, their wide receiving core, it does look like a new modern day version of Duper and Clayton. That's some pretty good stuff, man. That's some pretty good stuff. Oh, good, man. John Morgan just texted me. John's watching the show now. Thank you, John. Appreciate it, brother. Look at this. John Morgan right there. Fantastic. Fanta every hey, by the way, everyone in Philly, I know watches it. <laughs> shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. <laughs> 
How about the Buffalo Bills? Where would you go with them and how they have played in the first month of the season? Bills have played pretty good. Injuries have been a factor for them. But, hey, war of attrition is part of the game. Okay? Part of the game. I gave them a B-plus two, Nick. Okay? I gave them a B-plus two. They lose their safety. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one to overcome. Okay? May have to make a move by the time the trading deadline comes. But I think they've played some pretty good football. The Jets. It's the Jets. <laughs> hey, I don't know why I come off the way I do about the Jets. But I mean, dude, they've been a laughing stock my whole life. Well, not my whole life because when I was a little tiny kid, they won the Super Bowl. But outside of that, Joe Namath. <laughs> I like Joe. Oh, another Bama honk. C minus. Come on, man. <laughs> the the Jets, when have the Jets ever been a C organization? Oh, God, I hate that team so bad. Oh, Fireman Ed, I gave him a D plus. They suck out loud, man. I hate the Jets. There you go, maniac. They're the Jets. Fireman Ed <laughs> and a drum. <laughs> don't you think it's really awful that you play a giant stadium and you're the jets? I mean, right. Oh, it's met life. Now that's right. I forgot. How about the Patriots? They were good with parcels. Sills. Did they cut you or something? No, it's the jets. I grew up. I grew up in the New York area and I've always been a giant. Name it as a weirdo. I want to kiss you. <laughs> I want to kiss you. I went to school with her too. I went to school at Miami with her. She's a Miami hurricane, Susie Colbert. And I went to school with her and I called her, man. It's like, this guy was grabbing my ass and everything, man. He was Everywhere he was so drunk. I want to kiss you. <laughs> hey, you want to know? I went to his football camp in Quinnipiac, Connecticut, and I was an MVP in his in his camp. That dude came right up to me, and goes, "Hey, I'm gonna see you in the NFL." And I was I was coached by a guy named John Hanna. John Hanna coached me. Phil Villapiano coached me. Sugar Bear Hamilton, a defensive lineman. Winston Hill coached me. And Jack Lambert coached me at this football camp. I got a trophy back in Connecticut. I was like the defensive, like, they had all these guys from Alabama come up and places like from Don Bosco over in New York. So I killed every guy there. And Namath was awesome, man. He was at the camp the whole time. He was at the camp. Used to have a... Full contact camp in Quinnipiac. And my high school coach talked to my grandfather. I think my aunt paid for it, <laughs> really. And we went, we went, I went up there and I spent a week up there with those guys. Dude, Jack Lambert, man, he came up to me and he goes like this. Took his teeth out and went, Hey kid, 
Let me tell you something. I'm looking at this guy. He took his teeth out right in front of me. This guy was still playing with the, with the Steelers. He goes, let me tell you something, kid. Let me tell you something. When you go into the line of scrimmage, you kill that guy. You don't hit him. You kill him. And I'm going like this. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey. Like, like, yes, sir. Jack Lambert, he goes, when you go in there and you slam into that guy, you have to have no feelings for your body or your brains or anything. Yes, sir. That'll be easy. Yeah. Oh, man. That guy was a – I love Jack Lambert, man. Every time I saw him, man, hey, Julio! Oh, man, it was – every time – hey, one one quick one. And uh, Hey, I got to take a time out here, and then I'll get to the AFC North. So you guys remember Ted Hendricks, the stork? Stork is on the 75th anniversary, the 100th anniversary. He's on the all-time college football team, three-time All-American. Ted Hendricks is one of the truly greatest football players ever to play. And this is a Jimmy Johnson story. And Ted had a bad substance problem. And he played with the Raiders. And Matuzak and him were boys. Well, he heard about me at Miami. And he used to show up in this baby blue Corvette convertible. And he'd show up at practice. And Jimmy would walk over and go, hey, your friend's here. Please escort him out of here. Civilly. <laughs> these two Matuzak and him ah, there he is and I'm going oh shit <laughs> I come over I get out of practice because Jimmy doesn't want it to be a scene <laughs> yeah hey guys how you doing hey you going out with us I'm like please keep that down man I can't have the coaches staff hear that they'll think I'm nuts they, they already think I'm nuts man Cheetah Silio, he puts his forearm, Ted Hendricks, under my chin. He goes, I could kick you out with one fucking hammer. I'm going, yeah, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure you can, Ted. Matuzak goes, who is this guy here? How you doing? I'm, I went to Tampa. I got thrown out. I got thrown on my head, and now I'm with the Raiders. And I'm going like, this is, <laughs> this is a shit show, man. <laughs> I had to escort these two drunk dudes, legendary football players, John Matuzak and Ted Hendricks out of practice. I must have done that five times. Cilio, Hendricks is drunk again. Uh, I was like this guy's chaperone. Every time he showed up, he couldn't tell Ted Hendricks not to show up. I mean, he's one of the greatest football players of all time. I could take you out with one of these. I'm like, well, man, <laughs> I'm 21 years old, man. I'm 20 years old. One. I'm going, this guy's 35 years old. He's coked up. He's hammered. I'm like, Oh, let me finish the AFC. We'll do that. Hey, by the way, my friends at Morgan and Morgan. <laughs> hey, John. There you go, brother. Right there. Look at John. Friends of mine now, 30 years. Can it get any better than that? Right there. Look at that. John Morgan, man. Can it get any better than that? For the last 30 years, Morgan and Morgan has protected their clients to the tune of $13.5 billion when it comes to compensation for their clients if you've been hurt or injured on the job. That's what it's all about, man. For the people, it's not a slogan. It's who they are, and it's what they've done for the past 30 years. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, 
Nobody protects their clients better than Morgan & Morgan. There's no case too small or too big, and they will not be intimidated. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters, size matters. Morgan & Morgan, for the people. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
goes, love the story, Sills. Yeah, when you're 19 years old, though, Ted Hendricks putting a forearm under your throat. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating, okay? It's kind of intimidating when you got one of the greatest Raiders of all time and a pro football Hall of Famer, college football Hall of Famer, legendary Miami Hurricane guy going like this with his thing under your throat. I'm going like, do I hit the old guy? He's all coked up and drunk. I love Ted. Ted's doing a lot better, though. Hey, I, 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 did I show you this, guys? Look at three of these things. Look at that. Golf tag from one of Jerome's golf tournaments that I went up and See, they got a football camp in Brooksville, and Jerome started it when he was alive. And it's in Brooksville. They got a youth center and everything up there. And, of course, he used to drag all our asses. You'd see, like, Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, Seth Joyner, Clyde Simmons, um, Andre Waters, and you'd see Wes Hopkins and Chris Carter and all the Hurricane guys. We'd all go up there. I think the tournament is July 27th. Okay? You know what's funny about that? That's the day he died. And his tournament is on the 27th, and he had it even on the 27th before that. So... Look at this little golf cat. And I said, you know what? Um, Grade the chat. <laughs> hey, see this thing right here? I told him I'm going to give, because Rob said that Jerome was one of his guys. So Xander, I'm going to send this to you because I got three of them. And Rob plays some golf. I hear him talking about it. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give this to him. I think you like it. And I think that's what, I, didn't, I just realized it right now. I think you get the chance to put your foursome's names back there. Yeah, you, yeah, okay, I see it. You put your name. Oh, no, it's got your name, address, and your stuff here. Yeah, it's a golf tag. So um, I'm going to give this to Rob Ellis. Found three of them last night moving stuff around. I go, look at this. And I heard Rob talking about Jerome and how much he loved him. Sills is sending me one. <laughs> hey, Chad is a B. Sills is an A+. Sills is the realest dude on TV. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. Sometimes, though, that gets me in trouble, brother. Sometimes that gets me in trouble, especially when you see all the people that get butthurt when I say something. Oh, my God. Did you hear silly old what he said? Oh, my God almighty. He's such a bad guy. Do you know me? No. <laughs> Boy, Xander's right, man. There's some media snowflakes in Philly. Holy cow. You say one thing, man. Big bad wolf. <laughs> He's the big bad wolf. Cilio's the big bad wolf. Talk about me. <laughs> like this look <laughs> he knows it though too that's why you got people at the Novacare center get stretched when i say something you got people at media outlets get stretched when i say something it's okay man i get it you got people writing about big sills oh i like rob i didn't know you know what can i tell you the truth about rob ellis 
I didn't know what to think of Rob until I got him on my show and had a conversation with him for the first time. I, and, and Xander goes, man, you guys were good. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I like him. Because, you know, the media guys, you know, I don't know. I know I'm one of them too. I get it. But I'm always a little suspect on the media guy. And I was talking, and I'm, Rob, I like him, man. He's totally a Philadelphia guy. Born and raised. Talking about, hey, you know what was really cool? He was talking about, you know, winning that Super Bowl, his pop, how much it meant to all you guys when the Eagles won that Super Bowl. I got to tell you, man, that's truly one of the greatest stories of all time. You guys winning that Super Bowl and how much Doug Peterson means to you guys when he rolls into that building on Sunday. If you're not from Philadelphia, I don't think you understand it. And I, and I kind of compared it to being a hurricane. If you don't know, when people say this, it's a Canes thing. I'm going to turn it around for Eagle fans. It's a Philly thing. Is that fair? It's a Philly thing. Doug Peterson is a Philly thing. Jason Kelsey, it's a Philly thing. Okay? Kobe. You know, as much as Kobe played in La La Land, come on, man, that guy ain't L.A. That guy lived in L.A. He's a Philly thing. Okay, right? There's something about when somebody does something in a particular city and in an area that matters. Even, get this, even the symbolism of the Rocky statue, fighting, underdog, getting a shot at the title. It's the story. It's not the movie. It's the story. I asked Stallone the movie about the movie and when he decided, Rocky, by the way, Sylvester Stallone's a Miami Hurricane. He's come down to our games all the time. Him and Burt Reynolds used to go back and forth and do bets when it was FSU Miami back in the day. And the game mattered. And I asked him about writing Rocky. Why'd you pick Philly? He goes, there's no other underdog city in this, in America that that thing would have fit in. He wrote that whole thing. And he said, first thing he thought of was Philadelphia. He's an Eagle fan too, by the way. Okay. So when I was listening to D gun, who's been in the market now, 25 years, you guys have adopted him. Um, Baird who played, you always love your players who come in, even if they're not born and raised in Philly, but we're part of the gear and wore the colors. So Barrett is part of the whole thing. But you hear you hear Rob talking, hey, man, people were getting drunk when they went to Super Bowl, the parade, how much it meant to people. They had ashes, you know, that they were spreading around when they won the Super Bowl. Hey, they wanted to be have every family member part of it. When Doug Peterson goes, I, I see, I know some of you probably think it's geeky. I love that stuff because it's, it's genuine. That's genuine fandom and, and loyal to the soil stuff. Dude, when a person cries because you win a Super Bowl, and you thought you'd never see it in your lifetime. Chicago Cub fans, 
You see those people, man, you must have really had a great identity and affinity for what the Cubs did when they won it or the Red Sox even. Because when you see something like that in your lifetime and you've had people generationally tell you you'll never see that again or you'll ever see it in your life and it happens, must have been unbelievable. I don't know if that parade has ever ended. That's good stuff, man. Story of Philadelphia after manufacturing sector left to the southern states. Still on? Oh, he went to Lincoln. Okay. I didn't know that. Chalk it up sports. Seals, don't get me started. I cried like a damn baby. I couldn't believe it. Dude, that's great. There's no shame in that. Dude, there's nothing. (laughs) F the Red Sox, spoken like a true fan. I still cry seeing the final ball drop. 2017 was one of the best years of my life. Cubs won the World Series, UNC the national title, and the Eagles won the Super Bowl all back-to-back. Doesn't get any better than that, my friend, does it? Good stuff, man. Yeah, I was – I like – and you know what? Hey, 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 Xander, that segment that they did when they were talking about what 17 was like, one of my favorite segments that they've done so far. Because you know why? It was all genuine. It was real. It was from the heart. And when you talk from the heart, there's rarely any lies in it or you don't stretch it out. And sometimes when you do stretch it out, it's because your emotions make you feel that way. I love that. Hit the like button. Hour three, National Football Show. Keep it right here. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at Drytech. 
At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs, and then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Please hit the like button. Does Josh Allen play Lamar Jackson this week? Oh, okay. Hey, how you doing? John Arbel just said that uh, there's no quarterback in the National Football League like Josh Allen. Nobody throws a laser like that, moves around like that. There's nobody with that talent like Josh Allen. He's right. He's the most physically gifted player to come into the league since John Elway. He is freaky. That's just a freaky guy. 400 yards in the air. 80 yards, 100 yards rushing. Throws darts. Has a, has a massive arm. He's accurate on the deep pass. There is nobody like him. I haven't seen anybody that came into the league since John Elway. Okay? Since John Elway. He is, he's a special football player. Okay? Just an absolutely great player. Okay? Great football player. Andrew Luck can't move like him. Luck... Was a crash he hey he was a crash course dummy too, like Wentz. Andrew Luck was the he was a better version of Carson Wentz. Played with a reckless abandon. Okay. Reckless abandon, man. Lamar is slinging the ball too. He really is. By the way, here are your top three candidates. First month of the season for the most valuable player award. Are you ready? Josh Allen. Number one. Patrick Mahomes. Number two. Jalen Hurts. Number three. Those are your top three guys. According to a sports book that I will not name because I don't get paid by them. <laughs> Those are your top three dudes. Jalen's third behind Mahomes and Josh Allen. And you would have to say 
You see, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are doing things that people expect. Hurts is doing shit no one expected. No Lamar, I know, man. He's like fifth. I'm like, I don't think so. I think he's, I think he's in the top five. I, you'll probably put him. For, I'd put him fourth. Okay. Paul goes, where's your snide joke about Hertz? What are you talking about? He's third. He's on the podium. He's getting a medal. Dude, I tell my daughter all the time, you get on the podium, you're all good. Rest of it's politics. Okay, hey, he's on the podium. I would never have put that dude on the podium after the first month of the NFL season. And there he is. No Cooper Rush. (laughs) Okay. But we are, but we were here saying, Sills, what? That you believed, you didn't know, you believed. Remember something about, you know, projections and such like that, when you talk like that. That's stuff that you haven't done yet. NFC Player of the Month, Jalen Hurts. Congratulations to you, son. Heck of an award. Heck of an award. Now, people would say that I'm being snide and that I'm I'm being sarcastic. I'm not. Jesus, relax. Heck of an award, Jalen, as the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Congratulations to you. Heck of a heck of an achievement after three games. We knew. You knew what? Hertz gets extended after he beats Dallas. Can't officially do it till the end of the year, Kev. But you think they have those um, under-the-breath conversations? Okay. Last start, Big Sills. Hey, I'm not giving this guy 46.1 million bucks. Not near it. Most franchise tag, maybe. I'm still not there. I saw Blake Bortles win an AFC Offensive Player of the Month award. Give me a break. We knew, Sills. You knew what? You get out to a 3-0 start? Okay. I sang for it. There is no way I'm putting $46 million in this guy's pocket. Not happening. Hey, Sills, Hertz, text me, wants to know if you like... (laughs) Uh, no, I don't. It is reported they're talking 290 for seven. Oh my God. Oh my God. $290 million for seven years, GT. They're talking two. No way will that owner pay 46 one for Jalen Hurts. I don't give a shit what you guys say. I want to see that check stroked. No way. No way. Okay. Sills hanging on the Hertz bandwagon with one hand. <laughs> I'm not on no bandwagon. He's had a good, he's had a nice start. Thank God you're not the GM. Mm-hmm. Well, I could save you $15 million easily. I'd never sign that guy, Hassan Reddick. First, I would have asked him if he could put like wedges in his shoes to make him a little taller. And maybe some bricks in his pocket to make him a little bigger. I mean, you can't look like Xander Krause to play defensive end for the Eagles. (laughs) 
hey, seriously, man. You can't look like Xander Krause and play defensive end and rush the passer. Just, you, you can't be built like Xander, man. You get $15 million. I don't know. I just – I don't see it, man. <laughs> yeah. mm. Just wait till next year. Worst case. <laughs> oh, man. He, he's a rush and Sam linebacker. Who, Xander? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta finish. I got. I, we we went through some of the grades that we're doing here. I want to finish up the AFC. Hey, NFC. One thing more about the NFC here. Hope Reddick's watching. Why? So I could point out that he's been a non-factor in his football season so far. Sure. Tell it to his face. I don't have a problem with that. Like I said. The dude would need a Tokyo phone book to look me in the eye. Are you kidding me? 61230. Your kicker's that size. Okay. Of all these teams that we talked about here in the NFC, watch this. Cowboys? Well, you got to beat them. You haven't beaten them. Plus, they've owned you at your building. So that's going to be a big test. Vikings, you already beat them. Packers, we'll see. Bucks killed you, but the game would be closer. Rams, I think you're better than them. 49ers, I think you could beat that team. Well, with Garoppolo, you didn't last year. So, I don't know. I don't know. You know, just a couple months ago, they beat you. They beat them. Yeah, the Niners have already beaten the Eagles. But they're better. They've added a couple more pieces. So, I don't know. That game might be closer. Okay. Cowboys beat Minshew. I think you may have forgotten the game earlier when they knocked the crap out of you on Monday night last year. You must have missed that game. Cowboys owned them at the link. They have seven of the last ten games at Lincoln Financial in Philadelphia. Cowboys have dominated. I think it's like ten of the last 14 games, period. It's been like a complete domination. Um, we didn't beat them last year, but it wasn't a blow. You're kidding, right? Both games were annihilations. You were never in that Cowboy game on Monday night last year. That's not true. You were never in it. Um, I, I don't think much of CeeDee Lamb. I just don't. I think he's a – watch this. I think CeeDee Lamb's a good football player. I do. Hey, by the way, did, did CeeDee play with Jalen at Oklahoma? Did he play with him at Oklahoma? Um, the best wide receivers that he's ever played with are in Philly and at Alabama. Okay? I, 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 I think CeeDee's a good football player. Paul, I think he's a good player, but I don't – I don't look at CeeDee Lamb and go, he's special. Okay? You sat your players in both games? Dude, they crushed you last year. What are you lying and trying to change history? What are you talking about? The last game of the year? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Monday night game. They beat the pants off you. What are you talking about? Those games last year were JV. 
Nick goes, hey, Sills, you should listen to Rod Wave. Never heard of him. Uh, no disrespect. I, I've never heard of the guy. That doesn't mean he's not good. I just, uh, <laughs> I get a lot of people telling me and sending me messages all the time. Hey, Sills, this guy's pretty good. You should listen. I, I know everyone's good. I know I suck and everyone's great. I know I get it. The legend, Ron Wave. Sorry, guys. I've never heard of the guy like ever. Let me, let me guess. He does a show with Anton. <laughs> uh, first game versus the Cowboys was Nick Sirianni's worst game coach and as a rookie head coach. He got better after that, though. He did. He totally did. Um, the first Dallas game, the defense let... I look... Dude, let's let's see what happens here, okay? Let me finish up again. Dude, I, I love what the Dolphins are doing, okay? Can we flush last year, GT? Yes. Yes. GT. Yeah. Okay? New year. That's what Brady does. He flushes every year, whether it's got a Super Bowl trophy or not, right? Yeah. And, and, and is the kid better than – how about this? Is Jalen Hurts better three games into this year than he was three games into last year? Ten times. Look at the growth from last year with Jalen Hurts' first three games to the first three games this year. It is, it's a different guy. It's totally a different guy. Okay? Completely a, a different team. Actually, you want to hear this? I think Jalen Hurts is playing better than what the offensive line of the Eagles is playing. I think the Eagles' old line has not played their best game. Okay? How many times last year did we watch that team roll for 238, 38 carries and just destroy teams at the line of scrimmage? They're trying to do more things this year, which is making the blocking schemes more complicated. That's why you're seeing communication issues. Sometimes with Isaac Sayamal turning around and talking to the quarterback, because there's more pass protection involved in the game plan than there was a year ago, especially in the second half of the season, like we saw a year ago, right? Last year, they were a dominant run team. This year, they're trying to sprinkle in what? Being balanced. And when you do that, you have to have way more communication because Jalen's setting the block. Jalen sets the blocking scheme along with Jason Kelsey. He sets it. If he sees a blitzer, he's reading the safety. Guys on the seam, guys over on the hash. If you're on the short side of the field, brown set, weak set. Depending on where you are, plus 30, minus 30, where you are on the field, Jalen's got to know all that pre-snap stuff. And when you have to have the quarterback doing all of that, your center's got to help you out here. And your center's calling out odd even. What is he doing when he's calling odd even out? Okay? If you got an odd front, what is that? He's got a nose over him, which means what? Quick count. Get the ball and help the center out. That's why if you ever notice and you watch what Kelsey has, here, 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 guys, this is how Barrett and I watch the game. When Kelsey goes out even and he's calling and telling the quarterback it's an odd front. Odd front's 34. Odd front's a 50 front because you had a nose on you. What traditionally do you want to make sure you get between the quarterback and the center. Center snap exchange. 
you're going with long cadences and you're reading defenses, that guy's going to get a bull rush on you and he's going to pin that ball in the in that crotch area and there's going to be issues getting that football up. Plus, you got to have a quarterback that does what? Has an influx on the snap count too. You know what Kelsey will go back and say? Hey, dude, if you're going to go on a if you're going to go on an odd front, just listen to me here. If you're going to go on an odd front, Kelsey's going to go back to the huddle. Hey, man, if you're going to if you're going to go down the sequence there and you want to maybe change the play up, you've got to give me hut 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 hut. You you you've got to change your cadence up. I'll tell you who was no, you know, remember Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, he would go, hut, 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 hut. And what you do is, hey, and you want to know something, guys? This is a little bit of what Belichick, Belichick wasn't looking for formations. He was looking for the quarterback and how he called plays for the defense. Situationally, if you had an odd or even front, how would the quarterback handle the cadence? Hut, 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 Omaha, Omaha. That's why Manning threw Omaha in there. It threw off because watch this. You're getting down and you know this. When that clock is getting down to five seconds, the more you give time and the longer it takes for you to get the playoff, that goes into the defensive side. You got to snap the ball before the end. Or you're gonna have, you're, you're gonna let the clock run out. <laughs> it, it, like if you're down to five seconds, dude, it's I have the advantage on you. You gotta snap it, and you can have all the hut 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 hut. You, that ain't gonna do shit for me. That's why some of the great quarterbacks, man, like Brady. Brady knows where he's going with the ball with 15 seconds on the clock, and he's screwing around with people. You don't know when to get. I'm trying to get a jump on you. Okay. I'm tr- and I'm looking at the clock and the linebackers behind are telling the defensive line because we can't look up. Five seconds, five seconds. Jonathan Vilma used to do that all the time to his defense. Five seconds, five seconds. And Manning hated it because as soon as five seconds came, he had to set the line. Set. And when you say set, What happens? The O-line can't move. You can't change the play. It's five seconds. Then Vilma would go, move, move. And they'd all move to their defensive coverage. Banjo three, two over the top, whatever. It's a real game out there. And for Jalen to have absorbed, dude, he did a lot of, you know what? Jalen did a lot of field work, but Jalen's done a lot of schoolwork. He really has. He's done a lot of schoolwork. Okay. What about a silent count? Silent counts to me, most of the guys that go into silent counts, today you see guys in shotgun. And get this what happens on silent counts when you're in shotgun? Okay. I'm just waiting for the hand clap. And if you watch it on film enough, you'll get a trend. If it's third and long, he'll go two. If it's third and short and he's trying to pick up five yards, the ball will come out quicker. Dude, everyone has a pattern. 
Remember, the quarterback has to set the blocking scheme, has to watch the strong safety, has to make sure you're not going to get a blitz. Hey, maybe you have to have max protection and you have to keep Miles Sanders in. Check, check, check. Then you're down to 10 seconds. Now, as a defensive lineman, he's down to 10 seconds. He'll snap the ball within that time frame, between 10 and 7, somewhere in there. But you start going down to five seconds, dude, I got the advantage on you. Because you got to snap the ball. Okay? Sidney goes, what is this, uh, the Jag secondary like? I, it, their corners are good. Allows him to really do a good job at pass rushing when you see him on the 22. Their safeties aren't that hot. They're, they're good. They're decent. But I wouldn't say that they're formidable, you know? Um, I think their safeties are probably as good as the Eagle safeties. Okay. They got good corners, not as good as the Eagle corners though. Okay. Washington secondary is better than the Jag secondary. Absolutely not. Washington's corners blow and the Jags corners do not. I, I don't, that's not what I see in the first three games. Okay. Absolutely not. Why do you hate? this kid so much who do, who are you talking about hate what kid what are you talking about hate well i have no idea what you're talking about lucas who who do i hate lucas i hate certain media people <laughs> i don't hate athletes well i hate brett Favre. uh that's come to um i hate brett Favre. Sills, what's the song in your show's intro? I don't know. That's that's a Xander deal. Um, big game for Quez. Going up the middle of the field. That's if uh, Jalen gets time. Jalen's going to run. I, I don't hate anchovies, man. I like anchovies with mustard on them. Okay? I do. I, I'm an anchovy guy. My grandpa's, my grandpa's an anchovy guy, too. He likes it on pizza free. Wide 80. That's... That wide 80, hey, wide 80, that's an audible for Jerry Rice. That's right. You must have listened, Nick. Wide 80, wide 80. Oh, God. (laughs) Sills, did you see Jason Kelsey promise becoming fat man? I did. I loved it, too. I loved that cape, dude. I told my wife I'd want to wear one naked. I didn't say that. I'm kidding. Please. That's not true. Hey, but I do like the fat man idea. Those two dudes are going to be good when they get a, when they do something together. They're going to, that's going to be good. Okay. Yeah. Tell me who I hate. I don't know who I, who, 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 who. (laughs) Oh, Kyle. Okay. Smoke sardines. Yeah. All right. I'm good. Okay. You see the Kelsey brothers show. I do, man. I'd like it actually. Okay. I do. I dig that thing, man. I want to. I want to. I want to finish up this because I want to. I hate leaving something open like that. Here we talked about the first month of the season in the NFC. I talked a little bit about the AFC East. I think the Dolphins are absolutely killing it in the AFC. I. I mean, you. You. You might say they're the best team in the AFC. This game tonight's going to be interesting. Um, I guess Tua's playing tonight. This is one of Xander's boys. 
So, I mean, I'm a Joe Burrow guy. I think they write the ship. I think the Bengals win tonight. I think they take care of business. I mean, they have to. You can't go to one and three. I don't think you can, especially in the AFC. I don't think you can go one and three. So I think you're hard, but fair. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you, Razor. Have I not said that the kid's getting better? Thought he's the player of the month. (laughs) I mean, what do you want me to say? You want me to be like Skip and tell you that LeBron sucks? LeBron just won an MVP award? I can't do that. I, I, I can't sit here and make my take sound good when a guy wins the NFC Offensive Player of the Month award. How in your right mind would you think I would do that? That's that old school broadcaster guy who has to try to you know jam that square into that round hole and you know you're you constantly trying to get your point across yeah but he's this i'm just telling you i don't like that style of ball because it's never won a super bowl it's fun to watch and like dak prescott i'm not paying him 46 million bucks i'm just not i haven't seen enough winning against important teams yet for me to go there i think he's playing good i really do not good great okay but i'm not there man 290 for seven. Good luck. Good luck. Eagles only team undefeated. Okay, but so that means you think they could beat Tom Brady in the Bucks and Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs. You think they could beat those teams, even though they're the only undefeated team. Okay. Okay. Jalen may be the MVP. A lot of football. Hey, Yale, that's a great point, Yale. I'm saying saying that the Eagles, or I'm not paying Jalen Hurts 46.1. I guarantee you the Eagles are saying the same thing. Yale, you're right. I guarantee you the same thing. Your own team will say it. They're not paying him 46.1 now. No way. You think that owner is going to pay market value for him when they try to get hometown deals on every guy that's under Howie's roster? Since when? (laughs) Since when? Oh, that's right. Since they got taken by that Wentz deal. You think he wants to roll into one of those again? Oh, I don't. Sorry, GT. Beating the Lions and beating the Commanders it's not 46.1 million bucks. Beating the Packers, beating the Cowboys, winning your division, getting to the NFC top. Hey, Kyler Murray will never win. No way. I think Jalen Hurts is a better player than that. Oh, watch this. Let me take it back. Kyler Murray has more talent than Hurts but Hertz will go further. Hertz will go further because Hertz is a better teammate. He's a better teammate and he works harder. He studies and he cares. Kyler Murray cares about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, okay? Kyler Murray's Aaron Rodgers. 
not as talented, but he's got the same mentality as Aaron Rodgers. It's a shitty mentality. It's a whole, like, like, you know, I'm starting to look at certain guys in different ways. Dak Prescott is Kirk Cousins. And Kyler Murray is Aaron Rodgers. The shittiest attitudes on the planet. They moan and cry about everything. Then again, they're quarterbacks. So those guys cry and moan about everything. Kyler Murray's Aaron Rodgers. Those are guys you don't like to be around. You know when a guy walks in a room and everyone shuts up? He's the guy. When a guy like Brady walks in or Jalen Hurts walks in, they lighten the room up and everybody wants to go over and talk to him and shake their hand. You know what I'm talking about. Guy walks into a room or a person walks into the room, it deflates the room. Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray look like that guy to me. They deflate the room. Jalen, Brady, guys like that, the room gets lifted. Lamar Jackson, room lifts when those guys come into the room. Okay? Those guys, there's just certain... When Carson Wentz walks in the room, half the room leaves. Because he only picks out certain people in the room that he's going to have a relationship with. And there's 53 guys on a roster. That's Carson Wentz's biggest problem. He's a shitty teammate. He doesn't, you know, and by the way, he doesn't even know it. It's been point. He go see, he doesn't see it that way. He goes like this. Hey, I'm really good to everybody in the locker room. No, you're good to everybody in the locker room that you have an engagement with and conversations with. But what you do is you, you, ex, you, you know, you push to the side and you exile 25% of the locker room. Well, 25% of the locker room, bro, you need those guys to win too. Special teams, when a guy gets hurt, he's a shitty teammate. It, and you know it. You see it. Jalen and Brady, they, these guys talk to guys on the uh, practice squad. Hey, guy, chance is coming. Jimmy Garoppolo's a great teammate. Jimmy Garoppolo's a great teammate. Pat's Trey Lance on the back for a guy they drafted. And you know what sucks about this? You know how your bosses, they hire a guy and they don't tell you? (laughs) I could think of a guy that we all know that works in Philly. And somebody tells you you're such a great guy, but they hire somebody behind your back. And they tell you how great you are. And... Then before you know it, they pull the carpet out from under you. Jimmy Garoppolo, get this. They pulled the, they pulled the carpet out in front of him. Then they told him you can't practice with the team. Then they expect you to go into Denver and win. He loses by one. You didn't give him any reps, nothing. You couldn't even come into the team meetings. Now you have to go back and grovel to him. And he puts his hand on the kid's shoulder, knowing full well he was drafted to take his job. Hang in there, Trey. Your time will be there. Okay, you're going through some adversity. And Trey Lance goes like this. Jimmy Garoppolo is the greatest teammate, man, friend I've ever had. He's the guy, the first person that came up to me and put his hand on my back when I got hurt. First call I got when I was in the hospital was from Jimmy Garoppolo. Dude, that's a fabulous teammate. You drafted a guy who took your job you are publicly humiliated by the team, and he's still killing, feeling bad for the kid. I don't know about you, man. 
that's good stuff. Okay. Whence the pastor? Yeah, well, from what I understand, I thought clergy people are, are there to save everybody, not just who you want to save. You know, if you're a clergy guy, you should know better. Everybody, okay, everybody in the church has a right to be saved, and you should help them. Whence the pastor? Jimmy, Jimmy knows how to win a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll finish this up after the timeout here because I do want to get to the AFC. By the way, I do think this is going to be a good football game tonight too. Man, I'll tell you what. Tug of Viola, Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and now he's playing Joe Burrow? <laughs> I don't know, Xander. You may be right, dude. That's quite a foursome. If he could put that Dolphin team 4-0. Dude, you'd have to start doing this. And even I would have to start doing this. Hey, man. This guy's not beating bumps. This guy's, this guy's beating some really great quarterbacks. And some really good football teams. If he goes 4-0 tonight, you got to start looking. Again, my question with Tua comes down more to his health. I got the Bengals too, Joshua, tonight. All right, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste... We're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. Those guys put that open up there, man, and it's killing it. How you doing? Don't ever, ever, ever question the greatness of Big Sills. <laughs> hey, why, why, why did he say that? Doug didn't want to come. Hey, I'm not. All I'm saying is that that was awful fishy. Nate Sudfeld. Let's see. I just wanted to see. Remember the comment at the press conference? They got they got a soundbite in my open when I'm talking about Doug potentially not wanting to coach Jalen style. He never thought Jalen would be here. Nobody did. And he is. He's opened everyone's eyes. And my point was, I remember that press conference. And he was taking all the darts and asked the question, why'd you put Nate Sudfeld in? Well, we just wanted to see what he had. Well, if you're in love with the guy, Hurts, isn't it more imperative that you start getting him prepared if he's the heir apparent? So did you actually think that Nate Sudfeld should deserve reps in Doug Peterson's final game as a coach for the Eagles? Really? Where does that thinking and where where do you connect that if you think Jalen's the heir apparent at that particular time? Where do you where do you where did you hear that? I never heard Doug say that. As a matter of fact, the actions of the organization don't dictate that. They got a better pick. Well, wait a minute. What's more important, the pick or developing a quarterback? You can't justify that last Doug Peterson game. You cannot justify it. You cannot justify how he ran that last game. The deactivations that he had, the sitting of the starters, so they could get a better pick, that you had no clue who you were going to take. You had no idea about Devontae Smith then. How did you know he'd even be there? You had no idea he would be there. Guy just won the Heisman. He could have went fourth. You had no rhyme or reason to think that would be Devontae. Shit, the Cowboys fell into Michael Parsons. You may have fell into Michael Parsons. Okay? So, wait a minute here. They were trying to screw the Giants out of the playoffs? Dude, one thing I learned, you got to worry about your own crib before you worry about somebody else's crib. You don't think that that was fishy, Doug Peterson's final game? Boy, there's no talking to you if you don't think that that, all that stuff. Even Jason Kelsey sitting on the bench went, You read his lips. Wentz mentally melted down. Jalen started that game. Wentz didn't start that game. Jalen started it. Started it. They shut Wentz down. Because they didn't want him making any more incentives. For a shitty four-win season. 
Dude, you cannot justify anything you're saying. Now, look, to say that he didn't want to coach Jalen Hurts might be a stretch, okay? But nobody thought Jalen Hurts. He wasn't drafted to be a starter. He was drafted as a backup, and you all know it because you all said it. Shitty pick, taking a second rounder as a backup. Everyone in Philly and in the media said it. Now you're trying to revise history. Not true. (laughs) Everybody that's watching now knows he was not drafted to be the starting quarterback in Philly. So where in your right mind would he think that he felt compelled to want to coach him? What in your right mind would think that? When they said it publicly, he was not drafted to be the starter here. But I'm wrong? Oh, okay. Yeah, hindsight. Hindsight, not then. You're making shit up when you say that. The actions of that last season and the actions of the ownership group, the head coach, and the GM do not line up with anything you guys are saying, and it's not true. So you may think that I'm sitting here saying that, but he wasn't drafted to be the starter. And to sit here and try to tell me Doug wanted to coach Jalen Hurts, a guy they drafted as a backup, and you now think that Doug wanted to coach a backup quarterback again? I don't believe you. You may say, hey, you may not like to hear this. Jalen has broken all these barriers and fences down, though, and he has shocked the world. True. With this start, he totally has. There is nobody at that last game of the year was saying that. That is a fact, and you know it, but you don't want to hear it. That's why Big Sills is here for you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this, LeBron. I wanted Devin Lloyd over Jordan Davis. How's that looking? Everybody hated the 19th pick when I had it. It's like, yeah, I want the kid from Utah. Oh, the guy's not that hot. He's not that. I'm like, really? He's the AFC Defensive Player of the Month. How's that looking? And the kid you took in the third round's got three reps. How he told Doug to play hurts. That's when everything blew up because, yes, Doug wanted to go with his starter, Wentz. But he was he was playing terrible. He was. Gaming. He Wentz, that last stretch of games that Carson Wentz played was terrible. It was a collection of Titan games from a year ago. Ugh. Pat, 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 sack. Fumble. Kick. Field goal, touchdown. He was just all over the joint. That thing. And I don't know who he was throwing to. I mean, there were a billion tomato cans he was throwing to at the end of the year there, too. That's right, Bob. And by the way, Jalen has gone from a security seatbelt to being a MVP contender this year. If he was so great of a prospect, why wasn't he in the first round? You guys are trying to make this guy more than what people thought of him when he first came out of Oklahoma. 
99% of the people in Philly and around the country thought it was a dog shit pick. And if he was this guy, he'd have been a lottery pick like Kyler Murray was. Or he would have been a top pick like Baker Mayfield was, and he wasn't. Nobody thought he was a franchise guy. But now you're trying to revise history. That's my point. Doug is now seeing that this guy is turning into something that he didn't even expect. Doug's got to be one of the most surprised people on the planet with Jalen Hurts because they drafted him to be a backup. Yale, I'm rooting for him too. I am. This guy's making me feel almost like the way Lamar Jackson made me feel. That's a good thing. Dog, you don't want me right. You want Jalen to be right. This is not about Dan being right. I don't do a show to be right. I do a show to talk about sports and players. I don't want, this has got nothing to do with right and wrong. Jeez, man, I never, I never thought I'd ever had to explain that. This has got no, zero to do with right and wrong. If that player all of a sudden turns into an all-pro quarterback, that's bad? Since when? Why would I sit there and go like this? Well, he still sucks. I, I don't I don't do that. <laughs> okay. I, I don't do that. Man, you guys, I, you guys must be conditioned by some really interesting sports people in Philly and in your particular markets. This ain't a show about being right. This is a sports talk show that we all have a conversation with. Dude, my, you know what my credibility is? My credibility is in the listening to everyone go, Cilio, you're wrong. Cilio, you're right. Hey, did you see that? My credibility is, is that I listen to everybody. And when I'm wrong, I admit it. That's my credibility. Credibility is not something that you sit there because you've made 10,000 predictions on something. Credibility is something that comes with people who listen and adapt and adjust. That's credibility to me. All right? When Hertz connects with the offense, we'll put up points. Hey, thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. It's a Yale. Can you think of anybody that has changed his his DNA coming out of college as much as Jalen Hurts has? You think Josh Allen's in that same? I always thought Josh Allen had unbelievably gifted um, ability. And I saw it at Wyoming. I did. I saw it. I thought Jalen was good at Oklahoma, but he just looked like another college dude. He looked like Tommy Frazier at times to me. Okay, I mean, right? He I, 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 he put up big numbers, but everyone puts up big numbers down to Big 12. 
I mean, I've seen a ton of kids come out of the Big 12 and they were horseshit. The Big 12 putting up franchise quarterbacks? Really? Okay, right? Okay, Texas Tech, you got Mahomes. I mean, who else in the Big 12? Jalen's starting to look like one. Kyler? It's really one school, isn't it? I mean, Oklahoma State? Mason Rudolph? (laughs) Who? Right? I mean, Southeastern Conference? Brandon Whedon. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Keep telling me how good of a passing offensive school that is. And I'm like this. You're kidding me, right? Baker Mayfield and everybody who went to Oklahoma. Derek Carr is not from the Big 12. He went to Fresno. Okay, he's a Fresno State guy. Actually, I like Fresno State. They put out some pretty good football players. So, I mean, right? I mean, the Big 12. Guys put up big numbers every year. Who do you think wins Sunday? Look at Sandman. What? Can't wait until tomorrow. RG3? Baylor? Yeah, okay. I guess. Was the rookie of the year before he got hurt. Right? Okay. Hey, you know, A&M for a little bit, they were in the Big 12, right? I think they were, right? Then they went into the Southeastern Conference. I think they left the Big 12, right? Yeah, I, 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 no, no. um, The guy who won the Heisman, Manziel played in the SEC. He didn't play in the Big 12. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, 33-year-old Whedon, he was a baseball player. Hey, Nick, thank you, man. That's really great. Yeah, dude, this is not about me being right. It's got nothing to do with that. Jesus, Remedy, I've never done a show like that where I want to be right. I want to be entertaining. I want to talk to you guys. That's what I love. I'll be at the link applauding Doug. Then five minutes later, booing him, (laughs) booing T. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. I like Trevor Lawrence. By the way, AFC South, that Jags team that's rolling into Lincoln Financial, I'm giving them a B plus. When you watch them on film, they're a good-looking football team. They're balanced. They're coached well. I like it. Eagles are better. They're better. Um, I'm wondering if the Eagles are better coached. I don't think so. I think Doug's better. That could be a determining factor in this game. I gave the Colts a B minus. I think they're one, one and one. Something like that now. Big win against the Chiefs. The hey, the Titans, I gave them a C minus. Boy, I, I, boy, am I wrong about this, boy. AJ Brown not being on that team is a thing. You guys were right. A.J. Brown not being on the Titans is clearly a thing. The Texans, a game of D plus. They just don't have talent. Unfortunately for Lovey, you know, it's a shit show. He had to take the job, though. You know, Lovey, Lovey would get paid for it, but 
That's terrible how you have to give minorities jobs like that instead of giving them premium jobs. That's why I love at least Todd Bowles has a chance. Todd Bowles has a chance. He didn't have a chance in New York with the shitty Jets. Um, AFC North, Browns, B+. They're winning without Deshaun. You imagine if Andrew Barry has a winning year going into week 11 and he gets to put Deshaun Deshaun Watson on the field. Mm. Man, the Browns would have won the greatest coveted prize in offseason history if that team is above water and they're still in it. The Ravens, they get a B plus. Lamar is just insane great. He is so fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player to watch play ball. Man, I'm a huge fan. Character, everything, the way he handles himself, the way he talks to people, the way he wears those shirts, no one cares. I am I am a gigantic Lamar Jackson. I, everything about the kid, I just love him. Man, you talk about proving people wrong. Shit, this kid is so dynamic and... What a leader. And he's smart and the whole thing, man. He's he's a complete package. Loves kids in the community. All of it. Gifted. Talented. Knows who he is. That's a guy, another guy where you 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 look at the face of a franchise, and Lamar Jackson is clearly the face of a franchise that may bug some people the wrong way, okay, by his clothing. And his gold teeth. But to me, that's a prime example of what a leader is and somebody that you want representing your community and your company. Lamar's it. There's no getting around it. AFC West, a little bit underachieving, right? Um, hey, so a hey, Nick, Lamar choose? That doesn't surprise me, man. Southern kid, Louisville. He chews? He chews Kodiak? He puts a dip in? <laughs> no way. He doesn't. No way. He doesn't. He doesn't do dip. Does he dip? That's crazy. I never noticed it before, man. Lamar dips? Get out of here, man. No way. The Broncos, I gave him a C. I think they look terrible. Oh, I rem- I'll get to that. Um, the Raiders gave him a D minus. Dude, Josh McDaniel's already in trouble after three ball games. Um, and Chargers, D plus. Um, about Coolio taking a knee. Hey Nick, I I, I see it now, man. I was totally in left field, man. Rapper Sills. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. That's funny shit, man. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Nick. <laughs> uh, CTE to the head, dude. Dude. Hey, man. Coolio had him in my studio in Tampa when he came down to do a concert, man. And Ice Cube knows him very well. He goes, he texted me last night. He goes, Sills, man, can you believe it, Coolio? And I'm like, no. I think he was 59 when he took a knee, man. All good. Hey, guys, I got the Bengals tonight in a close one. 
I think this is going to come down to the final play, and I think Joe Burrow makes the final play. I think Tua plays well. I can't wait to see this, man. This guy's played a murderer's row of quarterbacks, Tua took a Viola. This will be a big step for him tonight if he beats this guy, Burrow, too, who just won the AFC. Till tomorrow, Football Friday. We're getting closer and closer. Everyone be safe out there, too. Hurricane Ian out there, man, just watch yourselves out there. Make sure you don't go into any puddles or anything if you're down in that neck of the woods. You know, um, phone lines and power lines are hidden under those things. People get electrocuted all the time, so be careful out there, too. Football Friday tomorrow. Enjoy your football on Thursday. We will see you tomorrow going 3-6, to and we'll see you on the flip side.